Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Steven Jensen, what do you want to talk about? Yeah. All right. So I guess we're going to jump right into this. Um, got some people trickling into the chat. Welcome, everybody, to the spotlight. Um, Caden, I'm actually logged in this morning. Caden <clears throat> says, at least you got your free Cody shirt. Thanks, Caden. Caden got a shirt for his dad at WrestleMania, and um, he's going to give it to me instead. So thanks, Caden. Wow. Um, what the friend Caden is. I think his dad just didn't want it or something. Um, Why would you want to support a loser? Loss, I agree. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm going to wait a I'm going to wait a little bit. <laughs> just wait. I'm going to wait <laughs> just a second here. I'm going to wait for people to trickle in here so I don't have to repeat myself. I know there's a lot of people that want to hear about what I have to say about all this. Got another super chat. Um, thank you very much for the super chats, y'all. Uh, will Cody still dethrone Reigns deflated? You're telling me. Yeah. Yeah. Very deflated. Absolutely. Um, Jeremy, <coughs> excuse me. I don't know if you want to like intro the show today or anything like what we're planning on doing uh, real nope. quick. No, nope. I see people are still trickling in. We'll give, give this just a second. Um, But yeah, let me know in the chat before I go on my whole thing, how y'all felt about WrestleMania night one and night two. Anything else from WrestleMania weekend, the collective super card of honor. AEW's big announcement last night. There's a lot of good stuff going on in AEW. It was a great show last night for AEW. Um, so yeah, let me know what you what you enjoyed from this past weekend in wrestling and this past week in wrestling. <clears throat> All right. So this he's just he's preparing. This is about to be a thunderstorm to be unleashed. 
I was pretty much just looking at the numbers for the the stream going up, and I was like, right, I'm going to wait a second, wait a second. Now they've kind of leveled, I think, to what they're going to be for a second. So, all right. Um, all right, so obviously Cody Rhodes lost the main event of WrestleMania. Um, I'll start off by saying this. I thought <clears throat> I thought WrestleMania itself was really good, like overall. I really enjoyed night one. thought it was really, really good. really liked it. Night two, I really liked as well. thought it was a really good show. The Shane McMahon thing was uh was you know unfortunate, you know, but then like the way Snoop Dogg kind of swooped in there to save it was you know good for Snoop. It was very goofy and it didn't it, it looked funny, but like you know, good for him, right? <clears throat> Sorry, clear my throat here. Um I'm gonna mute myself for just a second. Do you need some water? Jensen is yeah, I got some water right here. All right, good, good. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm worried about you for many reasons. I'm very worried about you, Steven uh, Jensen. All right. So I thought the show was good. Then, you know, main event comes and I'm going to, I'm going to be fully transparent with y'all. This morning show was, was going to be a lot different. Yeah. I, I, I was going to legitim- <laughs> I was going to legitimately show up with bleach blonde hair. I was going to shock all y'all with bleach blonde hair. I was going to shave my beard, bleach blonde hair. I was going to get a Cody Rhodes tattoo. I wasn't going to get it on my neck, but I actually was going to get a tattoo. Like, this show today, y'all were robbed of, just like we were robbed of uh, Cody Rhodes' title one, a uh, title win, and uh, subsequent reign over Roman Reigns. Um, today's episode would have been awesome. I know Jeremy had some bits. There was like a thumbnail that was like in the works, and oh, I I told Gisberto, I said collect every single photo of Cody Rhodes you can find with the title, and that's going to be the thumbnail for for this show. It was just going to be a giant Cody collage of him with the title and that was going to be the thumbnail for this show yeah so we had all these plans for today i was gonna wear a hoodie and like reveal it like i had this whole thing planned i was even planning on maybe doing like a little like a short music video like a stand style music video like the tears don't come i'm wondering why. oh my god i had this whole thing planned about like me like writing to cody and like then me showing up looking like cody on this dude so i'm just gonna tell y'all all the plans were in so you can thank WWE for that with their fucking stupid booking of the main event finish of wrestlemania night two i had a lot of great plans for this today that have been thrown out the window that'll probably never be used and if they are spoiler alert that's what might happen whenever you know cody does win the title but you know i don't think that's gonna happen anytime soon uh if it does maybe next wrestlemania or something i mean but we're not even i've even gotten into what happened obviously so um i don't want to go too deep into like once again, I was going to open the show by talking about my history with Cody, like my family, like all this, a lot of the stuff that I talked about on Fightful Overbook the day of WrestleMania night too. If you want some insight to that, go check it out. I was going to elaborate even more on that and, and how much vindication this was for Cody after getting booed out of his own company and being accepted as a top guy and this and that. And, uh, and obviously I just can't do any of that now. I mean, I'll, I'll elaborate more on that kind of stuff if, and when he ever wins the, the world title. <clears throat> But uh, there's no point in really doing that right now. So main event of WrestleMania Night 2 happens. Um, I'm watching the show with my brother. I'm wearing a Cody Rhodes shirt on top of a Cody Rhodes shirt underneath of a Cody Rhodes hoodie. I'm ready. I'm, I'm like as prepared as you could possibly be. Uh, you know, Cody comes out to the ring. He, he's doing his entrance. I literally turn to my brother and I say, I'm like, I got like tears in my eyes. I'm like, oh my God, like, He's the guy. Like they made him the guy. Like he actually did it. He's the guy. He's he's like he's winning the title tonight in the main event of WrestleMania. He's the guy. And 
Um, then, you know, Roman comes out. And listen, the match itself I thought was done really, really well. I thought it was a great match. It was fantastic. I, 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 was, I was marking out the whole time. And the finish was just so perfect. Like the, 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 the punches and the bionic elbow falls up with like the, the Dustin style, you know, drops down to his back, punches up. That puts Roman backwards, right in position for the crossroads. One crossroads, boom. Well, no, you don't, you don't want to do it yet. Don't pin him yet. You, you know, hold on to it. All right. He's holding on for a second one. Boom. Hits the second one. This is it. One more. It's done. And then Solo Sokoa, who was ejected from ringside, comes out. Samoan spikes him. Roman does that spear where he runs off both the ropes. One, two, three. Now I'll say this. He he nailed the spear and, and Cody made it look really good. He made him look like he killed him with that thing. I I was, you know, I would have filmed like a reaction. I know people wanted to see that, but there, it, it wouldn't have been entertaining to anybody. Really, it wouldn't have because I was literally just standing there, just standing there in shock for like 10 minutes straight. My brother who in these kind of situations would love the opportunity to roast me in a situation like this for being so invested in professional wrestling. Even he was like, man, I'm sorry. You know, like, like, no, like it was, I got more texts and calls about this than I do on my birthday. Like people like checking in <laughs> on me. Like, I like, I'm, I'm not even kidding. Like, there, like people from everything from like, dude, this is fucked up to like, dude, I'm sorry to dude. Are you okay? You know, listen, I'm not like, I'm never going to do anything serious, right? Like when it comes to pro wrestling, I'm not, I'm not, you'll never have to actually worry about me in that, in that sense. You really don't. Um, well, I appreciate the sentiment, obviously, but I, you, you really don't do like, Please don't ever worry about me like that when it comes to like that. But like, what I will say is um, I haven't stopped thinking about it since it happened. Like even during work, I'm sitting there and I'm on all these phone calls. And I'm probably more irritable at work. There's probably people listening to me going like, oh, this guy seems like he's kind of in a bad mood. It's because everything they're asking me is just on top of me just being like, yo, get off the phone. Cody lost. You know what I mean? That's like all I could think is like, stop talking to me. Like, I don't even no, want to talk. It. I just don't want to talk to anybody right now. And I have to answer 100 phone calls a day for my job. You know, um, my inbox has never been so flooded with stuff. There's people who have reached back out to me multiple times since WrestleMania because I haven't gotten back to them. They're like, dude, are you okay? Hey, I see you're tweeting, but you're not answering my direct messages. I'm like, I'm like my, my, there's, I've got so many messages about this. I mean, I'm still catching up. I haven't even caught up on everything from the collective yet. I haven't even recorded the weekender from last weekend yet. I told Sean, I was like, dude, I'll probably just do it this Sunday because like, what's the, no one's going to want to hear me talk about this on the weekender. But that's all I'm going to want to talk about right now. I'm going to have to talk about, I want to talk about GCW and just GCW collective on the weekender. So that'll probably be coming this Sunday. Y'all I apologize for not doing it this week. Once again, I knew I was going to be coming on this show today to talk about this whole Cody thing. Um, without, without, uh, I mean, cause I want your thoughts also, of course. And I see people in the chat who a lot of people agree, some disagree. A lot of people want Roman to continue on. This is fucked on so many levels, what they did, not just to Cody, but in hindsight now to Sammy and, and others, because if, if you were going to squander all of this, and I don't know if the story is going to be something along the lines of now, you know, Rollins has gotten a shot and got screwed over. Uh, he technically won his shot at him with, with like the, the, the disqualification or whatever it was at the Royal Rumble a couple years ago. Um, you had Kevin Owens getting screwed multiple times against Roman. 
You had Sami Zayn getting screwed against Roman. You have Cody getting screwed against Roman. Are they just trying to set up some scenario where all the people who have had a shot at him and gotten screwed by him, they're going to all have to figure it out amongst themselves over the next year or whatever. And then at next year's WrestleMania, if The Rock doesn't want to show up, does one of them get the shot? Or is it just now are we in a mode where, okay, Roman sells the title. We're going to keep it on him until next year's WrestleMania and hope we can get The Rock at WrestleMania 40 or something. You know, I don't know. And then, and, I'm, and it really scares me because plans change so often. And it really, really scares me when the company's just been sold. And now who knows who knows what and who knows who wants who and what positions. And for all, and I know that it's been reported that, that the new ownership had nothing to do with the, the finish of the WrestleMania main event. I don't know one way or another, but I'm just saying it could, like those kind of decisions could be made by people from that weren't involved previously coming in and going, Oh, you're going to put it all on Cody. That's cool. But like, we really like Roman and we own the thing now. So we're going to keep rolling with Roman. Roman works. And we know that Roman works. Um, so I don't, I, I really, and also by the way, the company that bought the WWE Endeavor, that makes it even more likely for movie stars and people, people like the rock to get involved with the connections that they have and what, what Endeavor is in the, in the entertainment industry. So anyways, I mean, I'm kind of a, I, there's a lot I can say, but I'm also kind of at a loss for words because it's, no matter what they do, and this is the saddest thing outside of him not winning, no matter what they do, he will never be as hot and that moment will never be as perfect as it was at WrestleMania for him to win that belt. This Paul Heyman bullshit, and I love Paul Heyman. I love Paul Heyman. But this WWE drone bullshit that he's putting out on Twitter about, Oh, or we might not be putting it on Twitter, but I see it being like aggregated. It was an interview with Hawani. Sorry, so thank you. Interview with Hawani. And I love Errol Hawani as well. I got I got him. I went to his live show years ago, like right right there. So I love I love these guys. They're great. And not not only just that, I'm I grew up Jewish. These guys are role models in the in the Jewish community as well. Like I'm I'm big fans of these guys. But it's bullshit what he's saying about like, well, there's no story. Like now, now Cody lost. So now he has a real story to tell. And there's a lot of fans saying this too. If you would have won, then there's no story to tell. If you would have won, that was the fucking story. Like him winning at WrestleMania was the story, him leaving the company and coming back and being this over and winning the title at WrestleMania and all the things involved with his family, never doing that. That was the story. You can continue this story after he's won the title. As a matter of fact, Brock Lesnar versus Cody Rhodes looks right around the corner. Wouldn't that make a lot more sense if Cody was the champion? Isn't that a lot more interesting if Cody's the champion? Instead, we're just having Roman Reigns, part-time champion Roman Reigns, probably just isn't going to be at the pay-per-view or whatever, and that'll be the main event, will be Cody and, and, and Brock. Or Roman will fight someone who no one thinks has a chance. So this they, they fumbled this so badly. I understand the point of view that people are coming up with about the whole thousand day title run who the fuck cares like so that roman could do this and everybody go the thousand he did it a thousand listen i remember remember when punk did 434 it was still impressive didn't have to be a thousand you know all, all these all these arbitrary numbers that people think are important 1000 so the, the number 1000 was more important than giving cody that title at wrestlemania in the most perfect scenario ever laid out and not only that, now you fucked up stuff for potential AEW people that might want to come over. Because if they wind up not going through with Cody and your MJF and your Jungle Boy or whoever else might become available in the next couple of years, I think you're way more likely to stay in, the, in AEW than come over now. I think if they would have confidently went with Cody, they, it gives them a lot more hope that they're going to confidently go with them when they come over. Now it seems to a degree like they're punishing him. Like, hey, we proved that you're over. You proved that you're over. But 
you're still not the guy. And you're still going to have to prove you're the guy. And now it's time for you to get your ass kicked by Brock Lesnar. He got destroyed by Brock Lesnar on Raw. Just got fucked up by Brock on Raw. And, you know, once again, if he's the champion, that's one thing. But he isn't. So, now what? You know? Um, so, it's it's just... It was incredibly disappointing. It was just really, really sad. It was really sad to see pictures of the fans. All these people who traveled in from all over the, all over the world wearing their Cody Rhodes merch. Um, it was sad seeing a sister Teal in the crowd. Like you can see her in the front row and she's devastated. You know, the family's there, Brandy and their daughter. It's just like, in a negative one, they have, they have Brody Jr. there on camera. Acknowledge him. Cody gives him the weight belt. It's like, and you're going to make him lose? Like this is, this is different than Cena losing after coming out with the kids. But like, it's kind of similar, right? It's two very strange scenarios. You have, this is the ultimate babyface W you have right in front of you. And you had him lose. And he had him. Just like Cody's son on Raw, he had him. That's the one difference between Cody and the rest of these uh, contenders, for the most part, is Cody had him. But he still lost. And he's still in the same position all of them are in now. And there's just no way you can continue the level of momentum Cody had going into WrestleMania. It's not going to stay at the same level. And he'll still stay up there and he'll still probably be the most over guy that they have on a consistent basis, but it's not going to be at the level it was at WrestleMania. And that's a giant fucking disappointment. I let out an audible, holy shit when he lost like a, a stunned, just holy shit when he lost. And when Roman hit the spear, I, I trollingly was like, Oh, Roman's going to win. And then he won. And I was like, Holy shit. Like I could not, believe it my first thought was honestly you and I, like i felt so terrible for you and i was gonna message you but then i, I know how i am like if my sports team loses i don't want to be bothered and so that's why i did not like immediately yeah. this message i i i i i, I, I you, it's okay if y'all reach out by the way like it's totally fine but i understand that and by the way that's a good comparison this feels to me like if my minnesota vikings got to the super bowl they had it in the bag and all they needed to do was run like one more yard to win the Super Bowl and they got sacked. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just like, it's all I'm going to think about for a long time. So I know I, I appreciate that. I, I, and I, I'm the same kind of way when someone I know is really invested in something and something bad happens. I generally don't reach out right away either because I don't want to like, I'm not really rubbing it in, but it's kind of like they probably don't want to talk about it. So I, yeah. I get that. Exactly. Yeah. Even if like you're trying to be, be kind like the the wife went through the the abs run to the to the cup with me and like we lost four games all playoffs didn't matter when we lost she's like i ain't talking to you at all i'm not even gonna try to console you or anything like just i'm not saying anything and that's just the best just give me a little bit of space so i was just trying to give you space sure. when i saw cody lost and then i saw you tweet and then i kind of reached out and everything but like i I was only like kind of invested in this match through you. You were on uh, Tim and, or Tim. Uh, he's he's way more important than Joel. Joel and Kate's show on on Sunday. We we did a show together Sunday afternoon. Uh, Joel and Kate did a show, and you came on there and you gave this great story about Cody and you know being friends with him or being on the same wrestling team in high school and everything. It's just like how much he meant. You've obviously been talking a lot about it on this show. We were ready to do the big victory lap on this show. As, as we mentioned at the, the top, Jensen had stuff planned. I had stuff planned. And like, I did not think they would fumble it this bad. I really, this was just this was perfect. This was, you were in a tie game. All you got to do is kick the, the extra point 
and you win the Super Bowl. That's it. And instead of kicking the extra point for the Super Bowl, I guess they're going for a two-point conversion here of, you know what, let's cover the spread because the spread is 1.5. So so let's cover the spread here to, to win instead of just winning outright. It's it's baffling. They I've seen people I've seen people try to defend it. Paul Heyman, look, Paul Heyman is he's gonna do the WWE speak and stuff. Fans are of course trying to defend this of like let it play out. Triple H, you know, the story never ends type of thing. Let it play out. Let's see where it goes. You know, maybe they have something bigger planned and and things like that. And look. Maybe they do have something bigger planned. Do I actually think they have something bigger planned? No, not really. Like, I think they're kind of hoping on a wish and a prayer that they have, like, the rock up their sleeve. But that's not a guarantee at all. I think they're hoping on a wish and a prayer that maybe they could do something with Austin. That's not guaranteed at all. You had, within the span of six, seven months, you had Drew in September at Clash of the Castle. That seemed like a perfect opportunity. I'm not mad that Drew lost because I I didn't think Drew was like, yeah, this is the kind of, this is the guy you got to go with here. Like, this is the guy you have to go with. It introduced solo to the group. Like there was actual, like good storytelling there. With Drew been the champion, like not too long before that too. Like this is a little different. You know what I mean? But yeah, Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. And Drew did get screwed by the way, the whole thing where he was the champion during COVID. And then by the time that everything came back, it was on lash where they didn't go back to him. But I know I know I I, I'm, I'm with you The drew that would have been a good moment for him. And like the crowd and everything was perfect, but it, as a fan, it didn't feel like it was his time to win the title back. I agree with that. Yeah, they did a great job building him up for that and to where I even I thought like, you know what, they go with Drew, I am mad at that because they've done a great job. But I didn't think that was the actual right guy for that situation. Sammy, I thought, was the right guy. The story, the moment, everything. I was like, you can go with Sammy here and you can still do Cody at, at WrestleMania because for Cody, the story was always, and this is what fans are going to point to, oh, it doesn't matter if he beats Roman. He just needs to win the title. Like, that's all that matters for Cody. Winning the title is important, not uh, ending the Roman Reigns era. That's not the important part. So, okay, you can go with Sammy because Sammy, his story was, hey, he ends Roman Reigns. Like, that's after everything he's been through. That's a big thing for Sammy Zayn. So, I thought Sammy was the right choice. I said it plenty of times before the show. I'm like, you know what, Sammy, I think they should do this. They didn't. And the argument against Sammy was it's Cody at Mania. That was the only argument anybody had against Sami Zayn is I don't think people, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, Jensen, because you were obviously very against Sami doing it because it was Cody. I think the biggest argument people had for Sami was not like, oh, Sami shouldn't be the guy. It was Cody is the guy. And that's why it can't be Sami because it's got to be Cody. And now it's not Cody. So what are we like? What are we doing here and yeah, people are going to say, Oh, he's got to go through adversity, which is the dumbest thing ever. Because, like, I said, I said beforehand, I didn't think Cody took enough L's in the, in the lead up to this. He wasn't really touched, he wasn't laid out or anything. Like, I he didn't take an L at all, he's super protected, which is fine. The adversity, if you're going to point to that, was coming back from a torn peck and, and having to rehab that. The adversity is leaving WWE in 2016 doing his own thing, forming his own company, smashing the throne, putting together a viable competitor to WWE, then coming back when he had a very cushy job in AEW, but then still deciding, you know what, I'm going to come back to WWE to try to be the guy. 
That's the adversity. For well, no, well, in the well, the true adversity is before everything you just said that led up to that. That was it was a decade of weird tag teams and mid card hell and gimmick change yeah. and gimmick change and gimmick change and dashing and undashing and stardust and mustache and all this stuff. You're, hey, Cody, you're gonna win Money in the Bank right before the match happens. Actually, Santa's gonna win. You know, it's 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 Cody. You're on WrestleMania. Uh, actually, this year we're your match got cut. We'll just it's do cut you for a total the, divas bit. Exactly. It's it's all of that which led up to everything you just said, which is also all adversity. So it's that you're right. That's the adversity. The adversities happen. What what we were behind, not just me, but like Cody Rhodes fans in general. What we were behind in this was he overcame. Now he's the man. Now they look at him differently. We need a new John Cena. He's it. Let's do this. We're ready. On top of everything you said about Sammy, because you're right. And I said it plenty of times on this very show, week after week. I had nothing against Sammy Zayn. And people, and you and you would joke about it. I sound kind of condescending when I would talk about it, because I was kind of tongue-in-cheek joking sometimes. But the Sammy Zayn stuff, like, I really do respect him getting that over and getting in a position like that to where the fans believed that that much that he had a chance to actually become the champion and beat Roman Reigns. I thought that was really, really impressive going from a year ago against Johnny Knoxville to be in the position he's in now is, is a huge testament to Sami Zayn, his connection with the crowd and what he's done over the last year. And if Cody Rhodes wasn't in the picture, if Cody never came back from AEW, I would have agreed with everybody that they should have went with Sami Zayn in his own hometown at Elimination Chamber. But because Cody was there and he was a factor, and on top of all the adversity we've talked about, and along with what you've mentioned with the, with the, the torn pack, things lined up just just perfect he's back at the royal rumble he wins the thing he's on to wrestlemania you know i my my fear is that they're going to try to sandbag this thing or long play this thing now with roman and try to figure out who the best person is to dethrone him again uh, while they're also waiting on maybe the rock or someone else or steve austin like you mentioned someone like that to show up and maybe wrestle roman in some mega dream match or whatever in saudi arabia or something but it's just one of those things where, like, you know, where if they're back at the kind of square one of trying to figure out who this is going to be, we might literally wait until next WrestleMania or after before Roman drops this thing. So, do you just do the same story again with Cody? Where, okay, now we've had a year. I, of, well, I was going to say, like, now does he have to win the Royal Rumble for number one next year instead of number 30? And then, and then, like, it's the same story about essentially about. Hey, last year I got fucked over, but my but I'm still doing this for my dad, and I'm still gonna finish the story and all this stuff. And great, granted, there there is a lot you can do between now and whenever Cody wins the title if it's gonna happen, because there are a lot of stories you can tell. But once again, these are all stories that would have been told a lot better if Cody was just the champion. Like have him do everything you were gonna have him do between now and whenever that was if he was the champion. You got him and Brock. You can do him and Seth again. You can do him and. Owens or whatever at some point, whatever. You got a whole list of people you can have him wrestle with the title that he has never really wrestled in the WWE or never really had a feud with. Um, you have other members of the bloodline. You have plenty of options. You can turn people heel. Uh, you have Gunther right there. Um, you have a lot of options. And uh, and instead, we're probably going to get a lot of these things just with Cody Knight as the champion. Dude, what if Brock just beats the shit out? Like, am I, am I, I assume Cody will win against Brock, but that's definitely not a guarantee. You know, what if Cody loses the Brock now? And then we're like, now what? Well, he's he's got to like, overcome more adversity. 
which is just a bad idea. You had like Roman, like if Roman's here, okay, you got Cody like here, which is like almost impossible because I'd say Sammy's like right around here, and then like the rest of the roster is like here outside of like a few performers. You had it, like you had it right there. You had it, and now no matter what, I just don't think you're going to get Cody in that spot again. And I'm the biggest Cody Rhodes fan in the world, and I have all the faith in the world, and I'm still going to ride with him, but I'm also not delusional. Like, in front of 80,000 people at WrestleMania, he had it, and it was the right time. And I just don't think the crowd's going to – especially if you have him start losing. That's not a good idea. This whole overcoming adversity thing works to a degree – but after a while, people just start labeling you as a loser or just like everyone else. And that's the last thing you want to do when you need actual new fucking megastars. Like, Roman's all you have, and he's all you've had for a long time. Between John Cena and Roman Reigns, that's it for, like, the last decade. You kind of have CM Punk, depending on how you look at it. But that's that's it. Like, Cody, you had it. And now what? Now what are you waiting on? You're going to try to build another, someone from NXT? You're going to try to build Braun Breaker to be that guy? Good luck. You know, I think he's got potential, but good luck. You're you're a decade away from having him sniff anything like what we had Cody in at WrestleMania you know, this past weekend. If everything goes perfectly, best case scenario, Braun Breaker is half as over as that five to ten years from now, honestly. Like, this is, this is insane. It's insane that they did this. And once again, the, the people get stuck on this thousand-day title run. Someone in the chat let me know why that matters. Does anyone give me a real reason why a thousand days would make any difference if, if he would have lost the title? One t-shirt, right? Yeah. Compared to the money they would have been printing the night of WrestleMania with Cody Rhodes wins the title merchandise, which by the way, I was sitting there on WWE shop refreshing the fucking screen at the end of that match. I was like, I'm about to buy everything they're dropping. I'm going to get the keychains and the t-shirts. Oh, you, the, oh. you would have kept sold more Cody merch after his win that they're going to sell these thousand days t-shirts. Yeah, look, yeah, people in the chat, because it's a big number. I know, right? Big number. We know what else is a big number? 950 or whatever the fuck it's at right now. Like, no one's going to beat this. Any- no one, no one's touching this e- regardless, you know? Just because, um, I don't know, what's a record that, like, no one will ever, or whatever. Uh, I guess it's tough with, like, the home run record because of the steroids involved. With, like, Wayne Gretzky's goal record. I guess Ovechkin might have, honestly end up topping that. Wayne Gretzky's point yeah. record probably not being touched. Or, like, LeBron's points record that probably won't get be because he's still going to keep playing for another few years and, like, it'll just keep yeah. getting higher. Um, my, my point is, well, actually, that's a perfect example. It'll take something like that. It'll take the length it did. For like you know what was it when uh, was it Chamberlain back in like the eighties had that that yeah. record? Um, it'll take like that long probably before they find somebody who is as over in a position that they had themselves in with Cody at WrestleMania. I honestly believe that. Like you know, it, it, it's just or or, to, or not necessarily just that, but to find their next like John Cena or whatever, or to have someone in a position like that. Look at what they had to do with Roman. It took them like. All, the better part of a decade of bad booking before they finally just turned him heel. And now it's been working for the last three years. It should have been working for the last decade, but you know, you long. know, when people, you know, when people like were behind Roman as a baby face, when he was like in the shield and yeah. just smashing people, like that's the, that's the person that the fans liked that Roman Reigns. They, they were cheering for that guy. You know, the Roman Reigns they didn't cheer for is the guy who they acted like had to overcome some adversity and needed The Rock's help to eliminate Miro, The Big Show, and Kane in the Royal Rumble. And then, oh, he needs Seth 
Seth cashes in money in the bank, so Roman gets screwed. So we we don't we don't need that. And then Roman win finally wins the title uh, at, at Survivor Series. Oh, here comes Sheamus to cash in. Roman needs to overcome this adversity. Here's one verse thirty at the Rumble. I guess one verse twenty nine at the Rumble for Roman's title. He's got to overcome this adversity to to remain the champion. It's like we sometimes you just have a guy beat other people. Yeah, and look that, at that's AEW. That's, that's like John Moxley. Like, you know what I mean? That's something like that. Just he goes out there and just wins matches. You know, he, and sometimes he loses. Okay, he goes out. You know, so it's, it's good. It's good to just have some people go out and they just win every now and then. You're to, you're right about that. The advert, you can build winners. We want to get behind winners. You don't want to get behind losers. You don't want to get behind people that are just like everyone else. We want we want some fucking winners. You can do adversity in like segments and stuff. Moxley doesn't come out on top every single segment. Sometimes Hangman punches him in the face and knocks him out. Hangman, you know, he got laid out by Kenny Omega going into uh, the title match and everything. Hangman had to get knocked down a couple pegs. But you know what Hangman did for the most part is one matches. Yeah, he didn't. He may have like gotten taken out in segments. He may have, uh, again, been laid out or got cut down in promos. He won these matches and that's where i think people think losing matches like oh this is the real adversity is he lost the wrestling match? no you can do adversity by getting laid out in segments or losing promo segments you know cody lost to me lost the first promo to to roman Reigns. shit i thought he lost the promo where Reigns just came out and raised the title and cody's trying to rap california love and everything <laughs> although that was a fantastic uh, was fantastic bit yeah. like there's different ways to tell adversity that isn't let's lose this wrestling match, especially, especially when you were as hot and as over as Cody Rhodes was going into this, because like, like has been said many times, you don't know if you're going to reach this point again, Paul Heyman can say like, Oh, it's like the undertaker streak. You want him to, you want him to lose, but then he wins. Oh, who's going to be the guy to end it now? You want him to, then he wins. Well, now I'm excited for this next chapter. So that's what Roman Reigns is. You want him to lose, you want him to lose. He wins. Oh, now who's the guy? Now who, you know what they did with the Undertaker streak? They had Brock Lesnar, a guy who didn't need it, end the streak. And then the follow-up to that was Brock Lesnar just winning the title and everything. So right. what are they going to do with, with Roman's big winning streak? Just give it to a guy who probably doesn't need it and move on from there? Right. And I don't think they have any idea. I don't think they have any idea who, who this guy is going to be best case scenario. Best case scenario is they basically do the John Cena thing with Cody Rhodes. And that's when Cena lost to rock at WrestleMania. And he's like, Oh, big losing streak. You know, he's got the disheveled look on his face after losing and everything much like Cody did. Brock Lesnar comes out and attacks Cena the following night on raw, much like Brock Lesnar beat up Cody Rhodes the following night on Raw. And then you know what John Cena did for the better part of this year between WrestleMania 28 and 29? He was in a shitty feud with John Laronitis that no one could possibly care about, wrestling Big Show and Kane and people like that that no one gave a shit about. He won money in the bank and then failed for the name of adversity. And then he won the Rumble and then he just beat The Rock. But the rematch didn't have the same impact as the original it still did big business i i will grant everybody that it still did big business for the company but the rematch was not as interesting because it, it just felt pointless 
it felt pointless and it wasn't as hot as like this is the first time ever once in a lifetime once in a lifetime yeah and then do it again the following year it wasn't as hot because we didn't need it we just didn't need it and now maybe and then you know at least it seemed like they had a plan for cena and rock going next year plans change all the time now are we guaranteed Cody is going to be in the main event of WrestleMania 40. That's something else isn't going to come along. A lot of factors here, especially with the sale. Um, and, and who knows, Vince has power, all this other stuff. A lot can change in a year. Look how much has changed in four months since the start of a year. Four months ago, we were talking, Vince McMahon came into power, came back on the board four months ago. That's how much has changed in four months. It looked like, you know, Triple H had his creative direction and everything. All of a sudden, four months ago, Vince is back. And now look at how much has changed from the time Vince has returned to now. And also, the people who want to say, oh, again, like Paul Heyman, what's the story after Cody Rhodes wins? What's the story after that? You employ 500 fucking writers. Write a damn story. Figure yeah. that out. You got all these writers. You're telling me one of them? can't write a story where you have a babyface champion because you've had a heel champion for a thousand days now. Somebody can't figure that out. The story is probably the same thing you're going to write anyway. Just Cody Rhodes has the title. Like you said, Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes isn't a great program. It's a program that makes sense with Cody as the champion because now Brock, as, as was referenced on Monday, he can challenge for the title again. So now he has a reason to go after Cody. He's like, Hey man, I couldn't face Roman. You got this title. Now I'm coming after you. And that's a great, great feud for Cody as the first champion. And then you beat Roman and Brock back to back. Like that really plants the flag of this guy. And you tell the story of the bloodline imploding. That's still going to be a big story. The bloodlines fall. That's a big story. You have that's Cody. another thing that's confusing. The Usos lose. Like Kevin and Owens, or sorry, Owens and uh, Zayn get their, they hold up their end of the, the, their bargain at WrestleMania, but Cody doesn't. You know, it was just, what was the point of all this? But you know you what I mean? Have, like, yeah. that's, you know, like, it's like, that was half the story was, was that. And we'll have to start also, right. right. But, but the, what I think probably happened Reckless speculation time. What I think probably happened was before Cody got hurt, the plan was probably for him and and um, Roman at I think SummerSlam was coming up SummerSlam. soon in Nashville. Yeah. They were probably going to do it there, and Cody was probably going to lose there, which I understand because like he's new back to the company. If you want to do this story, they're trying to tell now, then and it ended up with him winning at WrestleMania. Like if he lost at SummerSlam, won the Royal Rumble, or won Money in the Bank or something. And they had a story where, because I, I actually think that was what was going to happen. I think Cody was going to win Money in the Bank, and I think he was going to cash it in at WrestleMania. But it wasn't going to be one of those like Seth Rollins during the match type things. He was going to make it well known ahead of time, probably around the time of the Royal Rumble. Hey, I know that the Rumble winner gets a title shot, you know, but I've already got mine. Though they would have had some sort of story based around that, or maybe Cody would have no, done. No, I don't. I don't, I don't think because Money in the Bank's before SummerSlam, so why? Okay, well, that's well. Actually, maybe okay. Maybe he would have won Money in the Bank and then just called a shot at SummerSlam or something. I that's regardless. I think there was a lot of plans for him to win big matches on those pay per views before he got hurt, and he was going to get the title shot a lot sooner. Is is my point? Um, <clears throat> but because of the injury and the way things lined up, it was like okay, well, now let's just we'll just go with Cody at WrestleMania. He wins the Royal Rumble. He has the big return from injury. Let's we'll just do it now, and then. 
like we just said, now he's the champion and all these feuds with Brock and whatever he's going to do next actually makes a lot more sense. But yeah, instead we're just, we're just, we're square one pretty much as far as I, I, I do think in the minds of the WWE writers or whoever's making the, the call right now, whoever's in charge of this long-term storytelling with Roman, I think that their current plan in their mind is what you said about Cody winning the title at next year's WrestleMania for Roman. But there's a lot that can happen in that year. There could be another Sami Zayn type scenario where someone gets really hot out of nowhere and they want, might want to go with them instead. The Rock might come back. The these Hollywood might get hurt. Like you, you, don't, hurt. you don't know. It's it's good that maybe, and I don't even know if this is a guarantee. It's good that maybe they have a plan locked in for WrestleMania 40. But so much changes in this time that sometimes you just got to strike while the iron is hot yep. with this stuff. There, there is no reason to undercut your baby faces like this, especially when you have not had a baby face to this level since John Cena. All these people you've tried, largely Roman Reigns, but all these people you've tried to be the top baby face. And in two months, you had two baby faces who could be the guy. And you were like, nope, we're going to undercut both of them. So the story with Roman Reigns can continue. 1,000. When you can tell uh, the same story with Cody as champion and you can tell a story still with the bloodline with all of them falling. You had Co- you had Sammy and Kevin winning, which is a great moment. And that was yeah. my, my favorite match of the weekend. They win. And then their, their promo on Raw was what it was. You can tell Vince is uh, in the weeds. Um, but, yeah. but they win. And it seemed like, yeah, we're going to get... I, I was thinking uh, Mania 30 flashbacks where, where uh, Brian is out there with the shield and it's like, oh man, we got this cool baby faces who now, like, they have control over the company after years of the bloodline having control over the company. And now we're going to see the titles defended every single week for once. Like, we're, we're going to see just something different just going with baby faces. And we still have the bloodline story. How did that? How does that fall out? go from there and instead we're we're getting whatever we're gonna get with, with this stuff uh we got some super chats real quickly uh erodon yeah. says only people celebrating this result are the ones laughing at us for investing in this story way to reward your fans really need a break from WWE. if that's the thing that's another thing is this is a this felt like a turnoff move this didn't feel like oh i want to see where this goes I want to see Cody get his redemption. This felt like a thing. And we're not going to know these numbers for this Raw after Mania always pops, right? Like that, you're not going to know these numbers. This felt like a turnoff of like, why do I care? Like you, you got me again, WWE. I invested in Drew. I invested in Sammy because I thought it was all going to lead to Cody. And you got me again with Cody not winning. Now what? Like they'll probably do it again. They'll, they'll figure out a way to do it again, I'm sure. But they had it right there. They absolutely had it right in their hands with Cody Rhodes. And I ain't yeah. even that big of a Cody guy. Yeah, no, yeah. You're, I mean, you're right, though. I mean, it's uh, even after Raw last night, or on Monday, rather, when um, there was like that video that WWE put up about Cody walking up the entrance ramp after Brock beat the shit oh, out of him. God. And he like looks backwards and then like falls over. <laughs> And I was just like, what the fuck? What that the looks fuck? So bad. No, no. That looks like, so this is bad. Not... That, that's the thing is 
that promo he did the the following night of like you were the better competitor but i had you i'm like man you you did cheating like you weren't the better man you You had him you were the better man you had him he came off like such a dork just such a dork i'm not sure i'm not sure if the the story of cody if they can do adversity like this with him losing this big moment i mean look where it went in in aew of when, when he lost to, to Chris Jericho, they went into the MJF thing because that made a lot of sense. After MJF, though, they had to just give him the TNT title and do open challenge stuff because they didn't know what they were doing with him. And look, that worked because people loved that stuff. And he got, you know, Ricky Starks and Eddie Kingston jobs and everything. But the actual stories with Cody after MJF, when adversity or whatever, because he couldn't go on to the title, wasn't good. He did that weird thing with Penta that I, I don't know where that was supposed to go. People turned on him with Malachi coming in and, and then Andrade. Look, the matches and stuff were good. I got no knock on any of these matches, by the way. The, the, the Andrade match especially was fantastic. Then he tried to do this nuanced heel turn of, well, the fans, what is a heel? You take something away from the fans that they want. They wanted me to turn heel. I didn't give them that. So doesn't that make me a heel? Man, Cody, I that didn't work. That 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 stuff did not work. The fans rejected that stuff. I don't know if Cody is good enough to pull all of this off. Honestly, I don't know. He is great as rah rah Cody Rhodes, let's lead the fucking charge type person. I don't think he's very good as down on my luck Cody Rhodes. Where do I go next? And, uh, you know, keep losing at every turn. Oh, you got me type of thing. I don't know if he can do that that well. Well, I don't think it's. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time, but The question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. It should be done with him, you know? Oh, it shouldn't. Just, but we're yeah, going to no, find I, that's what they're doing. No, I know. I know. I know. I'm just saying it's just, I think it's just a really bad idea. All this is a bad idea. Um, I like this comment. This is one of my favorite comments I've seen today. Cheese says these dorks emotionally invested in a fake wrestling show. Well, sure. that's a sweet profile picture. I was going to, I thought I couldn't really tell that's him flexing. Okay. Um, yeah, so yeah, we're we're heavily invested. You're you're also taking time to watch dorks talk about it. So you might want to do something better with your time if you don't like this stuff. Um, I feel the but, Ross Sapp, like you follow me. Uh, yeah, that's kind of weird. Um, but yeah, he's flexing though. That's cool. Um, anyways, so um, no, well, it's not even really like. Uh, I, well, yeah, I'm mad at like the situation. You know, it's just it's very. Um, by the way, cheese. I've been emotionally invested in Cody Rhodes doing something like this for about twenty years. So, um, like him specifically, I've been watching wrestling for thirty. But I, you know, Cody especially. You can you can you can go back and find out the backstory there if you want the the lore in that. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, it just I don't know what else what more we can really talk about with Cody at this point that we haven't already said. It's just it just is what it is. It's really really sad. Um, that they got him to this point just to just to not actually pull the trigger. And like we've both said, a lot can change. He may not be the guy anymore for them, or he may never have been to begin with, but they definitely sold me on the idea. Uh, you mentioned before that a lot of people, because I know that the demographics that they care about, that they're trying to pull back in, the like 18 to 40 demo, demo or whatever that they're so concerned about, that AEW is so good with, and that like UFC and stuff is so good with. Um. I think those numbers have been better lately, and it's because of Cody. It has to single handedly. You you can call me a you know a mark or whatever for saying that, but I think it's the thing. It's true. I think when Cody's involved in the show, and I think that's why they used to have the Cody countdown and stuff. They're trying to literally gauge a minute by minute. Hey, how many uh, you know, how many people are tuning in based specifically on this? And I think a lot of people were based on Cody. You know, um, are you or just. Look at business. I mean, Roman Reigns and, and Paul Heyman, they're going to talk about, well, look at all the business metrics. All these are up with Roman on top. Roman ain't wrestling at house shows and stuff. House show business was booming for WWE, and that's largely because Cody Rhodes is wrestling at these events. WWE did feel much hotter going into WrestleMania and stuff, but the, the numbers show that business was up with the, the house shows, Raws, SmackDowns, and Cody was appearing on all of these shows. Roman was hit and miss if he was going to be there or not. Cody was showing up every single time. So you can attribute the bump in business just as much to Cody as you can to Roman Reigns. Yeah, right. And, and you know, until all, all these points, you know, I watched Raw After Mania because I wanted to see – where this went, I had this like kind of a hope, maybe they'll make things right. I, I knew he wasn't going to win the title with the rocker mania. I, I knew that, but I was interested to see where things went and what a position on the show was going to be going forward and what they did. 
But yeah, I mean, I'm out, dude. I'm straight up out. There's no reason for me to watch the WWE product outside of us talking about it on this show. Um, but once again, that's one of our topics. We have many topics. We we cover AEW. We cover we cover the Indies. We cover other uh, we cover other promotions. Um, from here on out, you're just gonna have to tell me what you're interested in in the WWE, and I'll watch the clips so we can talk about it on the show. Oh, I can't um, wait. I'm gonna but, feed uh, you so much terrible WWE stuff. Yeah, go Great. for it. There's there's no point in me watching the show. You know, I, I'm gonna try to keep up with what Cody is doing, but I, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm definitely not going to be sitting through three hour Raws or two hour Smackdowns. Um, I would have with him as the champion, but I, I just, that's just not happening. So, um, and I know I'm not the only one. There's a lot of people who aren't going to watch, who are going to dip out that just, it's one of those things, whether and here's the thing, whether it was Cody or anyone else, you can apply this to a lot of people. I'm applying it to Cody because it's specific. We are specifically talking about Cody, but you know, especially kids, especially kids, not just adults, especially said, kids. Fuck them kids at WrestleMania. They had John Cena come out with Make-A-Wish kids, and they were like, you know what? John Cena's just going to lose. They had Cody come out. Cody's just going to lose. WWE used to put smiles on faces. What happened to that? Yeah, well, it's just, you know. Um, Look how sad Steven know, Jensen is. Why did they take the smile away from his face? Yeah. I know, right? I know. I lost my smile again. But but that's the thing, man, is there's a lot of people who really, you know, wanted someone to believe in, like a good guy champion to believe in. And if it was going to be Sami Zayn, it should have been Sami Zayn. If it was going to be Cody, it should have been Cody. If it was going to be whoever. But they they didn't do it. And there's probably a lot of kids that are like, fuck this. You know, like, like, I'm just watching something else. My guy didn't win. The hero didn't win. This bad guy still has the title. It's been three years. I'm over it. And, you know, I'm over it just in general. You know, I love what Roman's done up to this point, but I, the, now, now it's just going to be dragging from here on out. And now whoever beats him is probably going to be someone who's lost to him before. It's just different now. The 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 they fucked it up. They straight up fucked up. They fucked it up for Sammy. They fucked it up for for Cody. It's very strange once again that they went through with. Owens and Zayn winning on night one to win the tag titles and then didn't go through with Cody on night two. It's very strange that now the Usos have lost and that Roman's probably going to take it out on them when it should be the opposite story, especially when you've got, when you had had Jay Uso in a position to work, to really break out as a singles guy and could potentially feud with Roman coming out of WrestleMania. Cause now Roman's not the champion and Jay has no reason to really like kiss his ass anymore. Now it's the opposite. Now we're back to, we're back to literal square one. The Usos are just the tag team again. Jay isn't really elevated above anyone else or in a position against Roman. They're going to get roasted for for losing, and Roman kept the title. We're back to square one of the Bloodline storyline. Uh, it is just now Solo's involved as well, and he's going to be favorable to Roman because he helped Roman retain over Cody. So there's some stories you can tell within the Bloodline a little bit, but for the most part, we're square one. The Usos are just the tag team again. Um Roman Reigns is still the head of the table. Roman Reigns still has the title. And now Roman Reigns is still is still in charge of his group. And no one else has belts. And now he has even more reason to, like, breathe, whatever it was. He can talk down on them more again like he was at the beginning of the story. So it's just – it feels like everything went backwards. It does. And they had stories that could have come out of this with, with Roman losing, you know, with uh, Roman – kind of going after the Usos of like, well, you lost. Well, you lost solo being there. Like I tried to do my part. I helped you. You still lost. 
Solo, they shouldn't have had Cody beat Solo leading up to WrestleMania, by the way, because I think Solo would have been a very good challenger uh, for, for Cody coming out of that. Of course, Cody lost. It didn't matter. Right. Uh, but Solo could have been a very good challenger for Cody on that. <laughs> and then you could honestly tell a Bloodline redemption story of uh, Cody's the big champion, and Bloodline can, like, this is the guy that it's like, we're the villains. This is the hero here. But we got to fucking take down this hero who's trying to ruin everything. He's taking everything away from us. Like, then you can maybe break up a little bit, get back together because Cody and Kevin and Sammy are all on top still. There's plenty of stories you could have told that coming out of this had Cody won. I'm with you. It does feel like they just went backwards on this stuff because I don't think people remember just how bad and how drag dragging the bloodline stuff was getting before Sammy J- Sammy Zayn got injected into it because people were like oh man this roman stuff just like it needs to end i'm, I'm kind of done i'm kind of done with it then sammy comes in and made it you know, lifted it up very high and it, and it was great but now it just feels like all right well sammy's gone we're just kind of back to the the core four and, and paul Heyman here where are we going after this i'm not sure if they know yet and the other thing, and I'm going to get to this in a second because we'll kind of sort of transition out of Cody, but uh, other people, we do have a couple more Super Chats. Uh, and Otaku says, that NFL fan, but this is being up seven on the one with seconds left, throwing an INT and giving up two points after. Yeah, just take a knee. Just take a knee. Just put the right. belt on Cody. Take a knee. It's a layup. It was right there. Instead yeah. of instead of just scoring the layup to win the the world champ the the NBA championship, you went for a three sixty under the legs dunk and bricked the thing into the fucking crowd, and your team lost. Uh, black black man black Mega Man says you think Vince will ban Twitch again? Probably. We'll we'll talk about Vince here in a second because I do. This is how we're going to transition kind of out of the the Cody talk, um, but still in the Cody talk. Uh, Ella J, the great Ella J, said Stephen Jensen is my spirit animal right now. Thanks, Ella. We appreciate. Thanks, it. Ella. Appreciate that. Appreciate all the support in the chat. By the way, I know we got our, we have some trolls and stuff too. It normally don't address, but in, in, in all complete honesty, <clears throat> whether you're here hating on the show you're here because you agree or you love what we're doing or whatever like i honestly appreciate people being in here today like even if you think i'm a complete fucking moron or that i'm way too invested in this stuff like i appreciate all being a part of the chat i honestly do um if you're gonna hate hate there's stuff that i make fun of also you know it just is what it is it's just you know i'm this is i i all i for what i care about you know outside of like my immediate family and stuff that like really matters my favorite stuff in the world is Minnesota Vikings football and professional wrestling. And Cody's my favorite wrestler. And I, you know, it just, it just, it's a, it's a fucking bummer. It's a real fucking bummer to be let down like that. So um, that's why I feel the way that I feel. If you want more backstory on like me knowing Cody back in the day and how that affected, you know, a lot of my fandom and stuff like that. Um, check out that Fightful Overbooked episode we did uh, with Joel and, uh, and Kate. Uh, the day of WrestleMania, that gives you some some way better backstory. If 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 it sounds like I'm just some like middle aged dude who's just just so into wrestling that I'm just you know crying over this. It's also know, well yeah, well also <laughs> know the connection there with with things that have happened in my family and and stuff like that, and kind of it tying in with with Cody and me knowing him and and stuff like that. So it's 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 a uh, it's There's a little a bit bigger than just than, wrestling fandom. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say it's bigger than wrestling 
uh, for you. And Let me I put it this it way. Kind of- no, this never happens otherwise. Like, otherwise I can separate it. Like when my favorite wrestlers lose matches, usually I'm just like, oh, fuck it. They did it again. Damn it. You know what I mean? But this is like, this one actually like really fucking hurts. So. So to kind of move away from Cody, but still it's going to be a, a subject. WWE sold to Endeavor uh, on Monday. That big announcement came out. It was reported uh, on Sunday evening, uh, just before WrestleMania. It was reported that it was very close. And then Monday morning came the official announcement. WWE sold to Endeavor, going to merge with UFC, form a new publicly traded company. All of this is like, okay, cool. What what does this mean in the long run? We'll see. It's not supposed to go through until the end of uh, 2023. They said second second half of this year. So there, there's going to be a lot to play out uh, before that. I will say before we get into what it means for like television and, and things like that, uh, I hope everyone is, is safe corporate office-wise usually, and it's already been rep- mm-hmm. written about. Um, mm-hmm. uh, even the COO has mentioned it. Usually when you have sales like this, when you have mergers going to be layoffs and, and things like that, apartments are going to combine things like that. Uh, so, well, this company that, specifically, like, yeah, we, we saw this happen with the UFC sale. Yeah. So like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So like, and I, I don't mean to cut you off, but like, that's a really important thing here is it isn't just that there's a big company coming in and they're going to make changes. We have seen this exact, this exact company come in and buy the UFC and I watched what happened when that happened years ago. Um, yeah, they, they, they were just like, yeah, Matt Hughes, Chuck Liddell, what do you actually do here? Oh, you're gone. Even though they were best friends with Dana for the longest time in the world. So well, like Dana clearly made, that stuff don't matter. Dana basically made a lot of his favorite fighters retire when they were starting to decline in performance and gave them jobs for life as like UFC ambassadors and office yeah. guys and stuff. That's what you're referring to is there's a lot of these guys that quit their, their active fighting careers uh, because they were promised lifelong jobs of like income from Dana White in the UFC in the second that Endeavor, I think at the time they were known as WMEIMG, or it might have been that plus Endeavor. I don't remember how they worded it, but I guess it's just called Endeavor now. Ari Manuel and his group, um, who y'all might know, you know, if, if you don't, Ari Manuel is based off of the Ari Gold character, or sorry, Ari Gold character in the Honorage was based off of this actual guy we're talking about. But, um, we saw it. The first thing they did, they came in and they just started cost cutting. They started getting rid of anyone who was a former fighter that didn't provide like actual value to the company. Um, they started cha- making a lot of changes. Um, I know like, you know, the Reebok deal and stuff was super unpopular. I can't remember exactly when that happened, but that had to have been under the, the new ownership, I, I believe. Um, if not, it was right around the same time when they implemented that. And that really fucked up stuff for the UFC, in my opinion, with like character building. Because yeah. once they started introducing uniforms and, and stopped letting people be as individual as they used to. You just, you just couldn't uh, connect with them nearly the same way when everyone, once again, when everyone looks the same, does the same stuff. That's why in pro wrestling, especially it's so important to be different. You're just being different. We needed condom notice. depot on the ass of people instead right. of just the Reebok logo. Right. We used to have the, the homies, right? It was like condom depot. It was um, Mickey's malt liquor. It was um, corn nuts, you know, and now corn it's nuts. right. And now it's like all the corporate, uh, prime energy and and uh and bud light and and you know now they have like the real sponsorships um but yeah i mean i miss the days of a guy like dennis hallman or whatever coming out in a speedo and fighting someone just because he could you know it just um it, it just it just different uh but it, anyway but the, the point and to, to agree and kind of add on to what you're saying it's I don't know anything about what's going on backstage in the WWE with the, with the sale or what's going to happen. I'm just speculating 
obviously. I am 99.9% sure they're going to come in and a lot of people are going to lose their jobs. Like a lot. Because not only do they do companies just do that and just does Endeavor do that and did they do that with the UFC, a lot of the same people who already are working on UFC production that they already have are just going to take over jobs that current WWE employees have, if that makes sense. Like they already have the people to do a lot of this stuff. So they're not going to need they're not going to need a lot of those people in the WWE currently. And I, and I'm not saying that's good or that's right. Um, that, that actually really sucks. I would, I would, that's, that's a real bummer and that those people don't deserve that if that's, what's going to happen to them, but that's the reality. And, and a lot of these wrestlers who are on big contracts, someone like Adolph Ziggler, I, I'm, I'm just, just throwing that name out there. Someone who's been around for like a long time and gets paid a lot of money, but they might not value as like, a long-term like main event guy. I think they're going to look at a lot of these contracts of these guys. Again, a lot of the people that may have been let go a couple years ago and recently brought back those people that Vince didn't really think had much value when he was there originally, I wouldn't feel super safe if I was a lot of them, you know, it's, it's one of those things. Once again, I'm not like advocating anyone lose their job. I'm not like trying to specifically pinpoint specific individuals. I'm just throwing out their scenarios that I saw also happen with the UFC. They did similar things in the UFC. There was contenders that were like making a lot of money, but maybe had lost a title shot or two, but were like beating contenders up on the way up that were kind of stuck in the middle that started getting cut um, or they wouldn't renew their contracts. Cause they're like, well, they make a lot of money, but they're probably not going to be the champion, but they're beating potential contenders. I can see that happening in the WWE where they're looking at guys who are on big contracts, who they don't see as like real big draws for them. And those people probably aren't going to be safe. Um, I don't think this is going to, stuff is going to happen immediately, like right now, because there's going to be paperwork to be done. And I think you said the end of the year is when stuff's going to actually happen. But I would honestly say right at the beginning of the year, um, I when, I don't know anything, but I would expect there to be some massive cuts. Like if y'all thought it was bad around COVID when they made those kind of cuts, I think this is going to be way worse than that, if I'm being completely honest. As far as like volume of people. Right, right. And again, hopefully, hopefully none of that happens. Hopefully but not. Absolutely. Prepare, prepare yourselves for when it most likely does happen uh, with, with everything. The to tie to kind of put all that together is Vince McMahon's back. Yeah. And he's back not only seemingly in a creative way, as we saw on Raw, he was on CNBC with Ari Emanuel talking about the deal and saying basically saying you know Ari wanted me here Ari said it Ari is like I wanted him here I wasn't gonna let him walk away from any of this I needed him here they've had this long history long relationship with it with each other and Vince obviously was like yeah well, of course I'm very comfortable with this he wanted back in we knew he wanted back in when he forced his way back on the board in January to to get back into any type of power that he could. We knew he wanted so, him and he forced his way back in. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> we, we knew he wanted in then. And now he found a buyer that is going to keep him on board through his long-term relationship with Ari. We've seen with Ari and Endeavor, Dana White is on video slapping his wife. What did Endeavor do to that? Nothing. When they allowed him to also on the side uh, promote power slap. Yeah, like they 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 did nothing to, to any of that. And that was yeah. when they got UFC. That was the thing of like, well, we're going to keep Dana on board. We need him as the face of the company. Mm-hmm. 
We need yeah. Dana White. We need Vince McMahon. Vince, of course, is on CNBC saying, oh, at the higher level, I'm going to be involved with creative. But I can't get down in the weeds anymore. And when I heard that, I'm thinking, he said this shit. The, the in the weeds thing, that's a direct quote of something he said before. And I was trying to think back of when it was. It was when they hired Bischoff and Heyman as executive directors of SmackDown and Raw. They hired them, and this was four years ago. This was before COVID. This was 2019. They hired them because Vince said, I'm going to do stuff at a higher level. I can't get down in the weeds anymore. What happened there? Bischoff was gone seemingly like within months. Yeah, Heyman was gone. Across the country and then got let go immediately. Yeah. yeah. Heyman was yeah. gone within like years. And now the day he says, I'm going to do higher level, I can't get down in the weeds anymore. He's at Smack or he's at Raw. He's got the headset on. Changes are being made last minute. The stuff Sean and Fightful Select reported of what the, the rundown was initially, a lot of stuff got cut. You could just tell that the energy in the show was different. Local medical facility was back instead of hospital. Superstar was being used all the time. There wasn't any wrestler any anymore. Like that, You could tell things were different if you watched that show. And then, of course, you follow behind the scenes stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, Vince's fingerprints were all over, all over this one. And now we will see what's going to happen, uh, you know, SmackDown moving forward, if Vince is going to stay with this and keep doing this. And if he's going to stick around and continue to put his fingerprints all over these shows. My guess, he might not travel every single week. He might not travel, be at every arena. He's going to have some influence. He's going to he's gonna be making calls from wherever he's at. Yeah just like he was this entire time. Like, like, do people really think he wasn't... Like, I I know he might not have been as involved when he put up that tweet and there was all the allegations and he felt like he had to, quote-unquote, retire when he did. But outside of maybe a little bit here and there, that dude, that that dude's always been pulling the strings. Like, there's no... I think that there was, a, there was an increase in, like, the product because Triple H was way more hands-on with creative and he was way more involved and most of it was him. But at the end of the day, dude, I think it's always been Vince has the final call on everything. Um, and I've been saying that for this whole time. I've been saying it on this show for the, ever since we started doing this show, um, especially when the, the talk started coming back about Vince getting more involved again. I was saying I was like making fun of the fans who were who were like oblivious to thinking, oh, well, Vince is back, but he's not really back. Vince is back, but he's not going to touch creative. Why wouldn't he? If he owns the company, he can do whatever he wants. And now, he, and now he's in a position where the way I understand it is I could be wrong, but so you have like Ari Manuel up at the top in this whole kind of merger. And then you have Vince kind of like right below him. And then Dana is under Vince, which is hilarious to me. If that's like actually how this is played out. Um, Cause I remember back in the day there was Vince and Dana wanted to fight each other for real, like 20, 25 years ago and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, but I think they both have a lot of respect for one another. I think every promoter in the world, personal stuff with Vince aside, I think every every promoter in the world looks up to Vince McMahon to a degree for what he's done with professional wrestling and the WWE and sports entertainment. Like you have to. If you're Dana White, you can't 
there are a lot of people with their head in the sand that are like MMA purists that just refuse to acknowledge that that um the UFC bases in MMA in general has their roots are in professional wrestling, like catch as catch can wrestling. And a lot of the entertainment aspect that they've implemented in the UFC shows, it's all just straight up pro wrestling. They pro wrestling did it first and they're, they're taking the playbook and just having real fights. But it's like Vince is clearly in charge. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. And I think it's going to trickle all the way down. It's going to, it's going to be a lot of, once again, I think a lot of people are not going to be safe with their jobs. Unfortunately, I think NXT, any hope that people had about NXT, like getting back to its glory days, I think it's going to go back to way more like the 2.0 or whatever. Um, It's going to be a lot like before he left, but now, now it's just way more public. Now Vince doesn't have a lot of the only quote unquote Vince being hands off and him not really pulling, pulling the, being the puppet master behind the scenes or whatever. I honestly believe the only reason that that wasn't more out there of what, how involved he actually was is because of the allegations what's out there publicly. Now he's in a position where he can just say, fuck it. I don't care. Like I look at what we just, what we just did. I'm in charge again. There's nothing anyone can do about anything. I did what I did. And he's essentially said as much. I did what I did. I, you know, I've, I've paid whatever the consequence was or whatever in his own mind. And he just, he just, you know, no, there's nothing anyone can do about it. It's he's visit man. He's untouchable. And He's in a he's in a way better position now than he was before he left. Like they're about to make he's about to get paid out all this money. The real the real winner in all of this is Nick Khan. That dude swooped in within the last couple years, took everyone's job, and he's gonna get like a fifteen million dollar payout or something like that. Like a like I think all at once for for making this happen. And he just became involved, and he's gonna get this gigantic payout for like facilitating this whole thing. So. Yeah, it's wild, man. It really is. I th- and there's a lot of changes that'll come. I think that, um, like, for instance, I think when the USA deal is up for Raw um, and maybe even for Fox for SmackDown, I think a lot of this stuff will probably move to, like, ESPN and stuff like that that UFC is already involved with. Um, so there's going to be a lot of changes, I think, uh, next year for the WWE. But let's not be delusional, y'all. Vince has always been the man. He's always been in charge. And there was maybe a very small window where he was a little less hands-on and publicly they definitely didn't want people knowing. But now it's at a point of just like, what are you going to do about it? You know, he, he's Vincent man one, he Vincent man one big time, whether we like it or not. He's, I mean, and, and he, and he's made himself his leverage with what's happened here is off the charts because he's in a position where Endeavor thinks that they can't operate without Vince. Cause if, they, cause if they did, they wouldn't have brought him back. They would just say, Okay, Nick Khan's been doing a good job. Steph McMahon's been doing a good job. Triple H, um, you know, uh, or you know, whoever has always been involved. Triple H and creative, and the big tra- right? And then you got like Shawn Michaels doing his thing in NXT. They look at those things, whatever. They're, the people that are making the big decision makers for the WWE, they look at all that, and they had to have said to themselves, "We don't trust this." So we got like Vince has to be involved, just like when the UFC sold. I think there was like a seven-year deal or something that that Dana signed that day that said you have to stay with us or otherwise we're not buying the company. And that seems like what happened that, you know, like Christian Knight said in the chat, this is exactly what I'm trying to say. He's made himself bulletproof there. He's in a position where they think they can't operate without him to, to the level they want them to. So, you know, and now he, the WWE audience is going to suffer because of it. Cause now you got Vincent man. He's running, he's running the game again. So any change that you liked over the last eight months, 
probably not going to be happening anymore, unfortunately. And he clearly can't stay away because this man could have just easily, after everything came out, stepped aside and been like, you know what? I've made my millions. It's in good hands with my family, literally my family, my daughter and my stepson can, can run this thing. Maybe I should just go away. I'll continue to make money through the stock. If I do want to sell, I'll continue. I'll make a bunch of money through the sale. Everything we're gonna would be fine. He stayed away for maybe a month. I'm with you that it seems likely he had some type of, at least since January when he was back on the board, I think is when he probably started influencing things. Maybe uh, there was more before that, but at least since January when he was back on the board, he, pro- he started influencing things in some way, maybe directly or indirectly. But there was some sort of influence with stuff. And instead of just staying away, he's like, nope, got to come in. I got to make sure Brock Lesnar gets a big pop for you know, turning on Cody Rhodes. I got to make sure I got to tear up all these scripts and everything, whatever, whatever it might be. He couldn't just stay away and rich white people just continue to be rich white people. Because if Ari Emanuel had any decency, he'd be like, I'm not tying myself to this guy who has sexual misconduct and hush money and rape allegations against him. It always settled whatever happened there. Uh, he he settled. He settled with uh, Rita Chatterton. We know that much. Um, he it seems like he may have settled with others as well. Regardless, the allegations came out, and then he just threw a bunch of money at it for it to go away. It, instead of just being like, "I'm not going to tie myself to this guy," you know what? You can stay away, Vince. It's okay. Thank you for everything that you built. You'll continue to make your money. It's okay. We're everything's good. He said, "Nope, come on, Vince. I won't let you leave. Come on, get back here, buddy. We got to just come in this." together whatever else is going to happen that potentially comes out with vince rich white people just somebody's got to stop us i'm not rich i'm white somebody's just got to stop the rich white people and it probably will absolutely never happen but all of them just stick together it all they all just stick together and they're just going to continue to rise and do whatever the hell they want when it comes uh, to for this stuff yeah, I mean, it just is what it is. I mean, it's just Vince, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, in a lot of ways, we're just back to square one with a lot of this stuff. A lot of the progress that they made just <laughs> just doesn't, it just doesn't matter anymore, it feels like, which is sad. It's sad. It, it, it seemed like there was a lot of uh, really good change and stuff that people were getting excited about and WWE fans and, and a lot of LAPS fans that were returning. That just kind of just feels like it's going to be the same thing. Um, someone in the chat, where was it? Um, I appreciate all the chats, by the way. You guys are being super active. Um, someone said something about LA Knight that I wanted to address and I missed. Oh, here we go. This is a good one. LA Knight is going to make a great manager for Bronson Reed. I'm assuming that they're talking about like that's the kind of Vince booking. I could see that happening in like Impact, like those two, because I don't, I don't, I don't know how Vince feels about either of those guys. You know, a lot, a lot of your favorites. I don't think Vince is very high on. You know, it's just it's going to be. And he released a lot of these guys. He released Bronson, and I don't. Yeah. And he turned Ma- L.A. Knight into Max Dupree or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I just that's where we're at. I mean, he didn't get. Uh, uh, hold on, we we have this, this super chat. Do you think it's possible? He told Vince uh, he would keep him on just so he could see the sale and vote him out later. 
Maybe I know Jimmy Van uh, said that it's possible that that's when that's probably the earliest that that Vince could could go out. Um, and so maybe it's possible. Maybe that's possible that. Um, yeah, I doubt that, it, but I, I think it's. I don't possible think so either. I, doubt it. Yeah. I, I think that. I think that if he wanted Vince out, it's like, hey, let's just do the sale, and then Vince, you can go away. Like that. Yeah. That was it. Well, something else I wanted to bring up real quick too, because you mentioned, um, you know, he could have just handed this thing off to his family and wrote off to the sunset and kept it in the family and all that. We talked about it after it happened, but when when Vince did that McAfee interview, that was really telling for me. And yeah. a lot of what we talked about that day after that conversation he had with Pat was one of the big things that really stood out to me, excuse <laughs> me, that really stood out to me was how he essentially said that he just wants the WWE to get bigger and, and become more of a worldwide brand. And he doesn't care who's in charge of it. He just wants his, his baby to be in good hands basically. And Pat all but asked him, he might've even asked him directly. I can't remember, but he basically said like, Oh, even that that's like not your family or whatever, or he might've mentioned triple H or whatever. And, and Vince was like, yeah, you know, it's whoever, whoever I think will, this is best whoever's hands I think this is best in going forward after me is who it's going to be. And that doesn't necessarily mean family. It's like, yeah. I mean, there was a lot about that, that Pat McAfee interview that I think people should go back and listen to now with hindsight and how much foreshadowing there was about how he, he retired not long after the allegations, not long after uh, this, this stuff that I'm talking about now, there's a, the, the whole thing, like family, maybe, or maybe not being involved him, maybe not, or maybe not being involved him coming out and basically saying bye to the fans on SmackDown not long after and stuff. There was just a lot of stuff around that, that time. Triple H, that Triple H promo from Raw was also very telling of just, hey, we're, we ain't going nowhere, everybody. It was the same promo, together forever. Yeah. It's like, dude, are you about to get fired? Remember like, when they sent you know? Titus, remember when they sent Titus out there to basically do that same oh, promo after all that allegations was, that was and tough. stuff happened? That, yeah. This is what they do. They just they just send the people out there, whoever it might be. They send them out there, like go tell everybody that everyone's fine, and then things probably aren't fine. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I hope Triple H. I, you know, that would be the saddest thing of like all of it to me, honestly, is if Triple H got squeezed out of this whole thing after all these years of being put in preparing for for that spot and to have it for you know, half a year or whatever. And for the locker room to be reinvigorated and for former talent to come back and for storylines to get better and all this emotional investment and all these things that it seemed like Triple H was really doing well, regardless of if Vince was still the puppet master or not, or, or had given the final say, whatever was going on seemed to really be working. And then basically from the main event of WrestleMania's ending with Cody losing through the end of raw that all felt like I was watching a Vince McMahon, just a classic Vince show from a couple years ago, just, and then you start hearing about the stuff backstage about the rewrites and the, the, the last minute changes and all this stuff. And you're just like, all right, well, and then there was also, I think Sean put out a, a thing on select about morale and, and backstage and stuff like that. It's and big, it's, I mean, hit. yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Dude, there, there's a good percentage of that roster that only came back because Vince wasn't there. And now yeah. not only is he there, he he's in charge again. Yeah, and he fired a lot of them. I mean, dude, it's not uh, 
yeah, it's 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 like it's it's like they took it's like they took one step forward then three steps backwards over the last year to where we are now. They could have been two, three, four steps ahead had they put the title on Cody and just kept booking the way they'd been booking, follow through on these storylines, you know. Have a, do do a pay per view match where the Usos and and Cody are all the champ. Sorry, uh, the, the Zayn Owens and uh, and Cody are all the champions against the titleless Bloodline in a three on three match at a pay per view or something. Like, I mean, just so, there there was just so much you could have done, and now it just like I keep saying, it just feels like we're just at square one with so much of this. Bloodline feels like they're at square one. Cody feels at square one. The title challengers, who who could it be? All feels like it's square one. Thousand days means fucking nothing to me for a title run. He's already got nine hundred plus. It's already it already is as impressive as it's going to be to me. Um, Vince is back. It just all feels. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Like, I'm glad. I, I mean, you know, I shouldn't say I'm glad. It's a bummer because I was getting back invested into the WWE. And, uh, and I wanted to. I, lo- I used to love the WWE. And I'm sure people know that. You know, I, I rag on it a lot. I was one of those guys who would who would wait for tickets outside. I'd, I'd stand, I'd go buy the video games at midnight at, you know, my, my overnight, you know, Walmarts and stuff back before you could do the digital copies. I bought all the merchandise. I would buy the pay-per-views when they were still like 50 bucks or whatever. Um, you know, the posters, uh, just WCW, ECW, WWF. But after everything got merged, after WWF bought everything and it was, they were the, really the only show in town. You know, I like the Indies, I like ring of honor, TNA, that kind of stuff. But like, um, but you know, I, I I stuck with the WWF for a very long time and slash you know WWE and um and it really felt like I was gonna be able to be a fan again for the first time in a long time. And now it just feels like you know, I feel like the same way I did when I stopped watching it you know, years back. It's just like why? Until until they give me a reason specifically with Cody to watch, there's no reason for me to as a fan. He's all I'm invested in in that entire company. Um and they've they just fucked him in the main event of WrestleMania. And then they fucked him even harder on, on raw. So you're just like, okay, well, well now what until I start hearing Cody's doing stuff that's fun on the show or, you know, the, the next pay-per-view I'll, I'll watch the, the premium live events. I'll continue to do that. As long as they stay at $5 on Peacock or whatever, that's another thing people need to look out for. The UFC's pay-per-views keep getting more expensive. They're like 80 bucks a piece. Now I remember buying them back in the day for like 20, 30 bucks. Now they're $80 you really think that Endeavor is going to come in and be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. WWE pay-per-views are $5? No. They're going to – we all had it good as fans for a while with the WWE Network, with the, all this stuff on Peacock. We complain about Peacock, but in the grand scheme of things, it's a great fucking deal, um, uh, you know, and all this stuff. But it's all it's all just it's all just going backwards. Sorry we had to do this show the way we had to do this show. Steven Jensen. I'm glad, I mean, this was therapeutic. I'm glad, you know, and I, and I held off on saying like pretty much all of this up until this point. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people expected me to say the stuff that I said. Um, probably a lot of it pretty predictable. And a lot of people probably watched this and laughed at me because they thought I was sitting here crying and being a little bitch about it, which I also understand because to be completely honest, 
there's a lot of stuff that I think is really goofy and silly that people get invested in and I make fun of it too. So listen, I get it, but um, I just know to, to me, this was like, this would be like you growing up with your favorite NFL quarterback for your favorite NFL team. And they're about to win their first ever Super Bowl, and they throw the interception that loses the Super Bowl at the end of the game, and they're never going to get to the Super Bowl again. That's how it feels. Um, that's just so that just maybe put a little perspective. That's like a sports fan or something like that. That that that's how it feels. Um, yeah, we have another super chat. Thanks, Christian. We'll pull that up. Here. Uh, I was going to pull up. Can you pull that one up? Oh yeah, I can pull that one up. Thank you. Um, Christian with the super chat. Thanks very much. Christian says when Cody got pinned, I literally turned off Peacock and just sat there just angry in silence. They got us to invest again. And now that seeing Vince is back, there's no reason to keep watching Christian. You're appreciating the crowd, bro. I, um, I agree 1 million percent with that entire super chat. That's exactly how I feel. Turbo Chubb, what's up, bro? Shout out, shout out to Ryan. This guy comes to, uh, a lot of the local uh, Atlanta shows, I always hang out with them at like Battle Slam and uh, Terminus and uh, uh, what's uh, uh, Championship District Wrestling and stuff like that. So Ryan's good people. It's good to see him in the chat. It's rough, man. Hey, we haven't even mentioned once. We got a fucking great interview for y'all uh, coming up here with Vian Fuso in a second. Uh, YouTuber with over 200,000 subscribers on YouTube. Talks about professional wrestling and a whole bunch of other stuff. I'm going to pre-warn y'all that we uh, we do celebrate Cody's title win in this interview because... Um, yeah, I was going to... Yeah, because it was reported was, uh, before WrestleMania. Know. So um, uh, that fucking sucks. <laughs> yes, I, I think I... It's not even jokingly. It's mentioned that like... Oh, Cody's the champion. Hooray. We just spent an hour talking about Cody winning the title, and now you can hear me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is, I'm probably wearing the same shirt. I might even be wearing this. You got to be the work shirt at that interview. So, yeah, full circle. Um, yeah, really fucking sad. Um, Cody, if you ever see this, fucking love you, dude. I really disappointed. I hope that you knew this was the plan going into it. Um, I hope this, uh, because that's, that's a whole other side of this we haven't gotten into, and I don't have time to because I got to go clocking for the shoot job in a couple minutes. But this dude left his own company after getting booed out of AEW. Um, he came back, I'm sure, with a lot of promises and a lot. There was a lot, a lot there. Obviously, he kept his theme music, he kept the gimmick, everything. Uh, he's the American Nightmare. That's what they bought. The WWE bought the American Nightmare package. Um, Cody Cody Rhodes came in and delivered it, um, and over delivered. Given you know the injury and Hell in a Cell and all that stuff. Um, and I just really hope that this wasn't something that he just found out the night of WrestleMania or something, or that he was honey dipped into this for so long. I hope he knew. I hope he knew as far back as him signing with WWE, like this is the long-term plan and we're going to stick to it and you eventually will be the man. But my suspicion is that he, along with us was very much under the impression he was winning at WrestleMania. And he probably found out not long before WrestleMania and I hope he didn't get blindsided and get made an example of uh, for leaving WWE, bettering himself, coming back, and then them just fucking him again just because they can. So, Brenton, let everybody know where they can say hi to you and wish you well as Cody Rhodes continues the story. If uh, if you want to support me, you can jump over to to Twitter. That's Fight Talk underscore F I G H T T A L K underscore. I got a tip jar on there. I think it's still there. I don't know how Twitter works anymore. I'm legacy verified, but I guess not anymore. I guess now it's just all the same thing. Um, I did buy Twitter Blue recently because I was afraid that my um, 
my authentication wasn't going to work because I started getting messages about like, hey, you won't be able to know if someone's trying to log into your account unless you sign up for Twitter Blue. So I was like, well, I'm going to do that because I don't want anyone logging into my shit. So anyway, I don't know what I have, but I have a little verified check mark. Don't know how long it's going to be there, but that's how you can find me. Um, uh, you can listen to this show. The next episode of the Fightful Select Weekender podcast will be this Sunday. I'll, I'll talk about the GCW Collective. I saw a message from Caden during the show. I may have Caden come on or, or maybe record something for me because he was uh, he was there live. Maybe I'll have him record something there and uh, he can talk about his experience and I'll air it on the show. That actually worked out really well, I think. Um, so anyway, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. And yeah, um, I appreciate the kind words. I appreciate people reaching out. Uh, if you missed the beginning of the show, because I know we had a lot of growth and viewership throughout it, uh, you, you might want to go to the beginning and really get some deep dives on how I really feel about the whole situation even more. But uh, I got to go clock in to work and talk to 100 people on a phone that I don't want to talk to right now because I'm just going to be thinking about this. But uh, enjoy the interview with Vian Fuso. It's a fucking great interview. He's a great dude. Um, and uh, it's good seeing everyone in the chat. Good seeing you, Jeremy. Love you, Cody. And I hope that um, you become the WWE champion at some point still. But uh, won't be the same. Won't be the same. Yeah, this won't is a good one. A massage and weed will help. Those are two <laughs> things I'm uh, two things I'm very, uh, very fond of. Uh, allegedly so anyway allegedly. you guys have a allegedly yeah you guys you guys have a good one um see ya hi steven jensen it's very very sad times i i'm more upset that they look at this man's hair uh i'm more upset that they ruined our bit of steven jensen said he was gonna dye his hair and have a tattoo and do a stand video. Cody, would you imagine Cody by Steven Jensen? I was going to try to rap. Dear Cody, I wrote you, but you still ain't calling. I left my cell, my phone, and my pager at the bottom. Sent two letters back in autumn. You must not have got them. He was probably busy beating Roman Reigns. I didn't rhyme at all. Ah, I'm so disappointed that this that this didn't come to fruition. I'll never forgive Triple H, Vince McMahon, WWE in general, Bruce Pritchard, Shawn Michaels, Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman, Jimmy Uso, Jay Uso, Solo Sokoa. I'll never forgive any of them for ruining that bit that Steven Jensen had planned. You want to fuck up your own storylines? You want to disappoint all of your fans out there? Fine. I don't care. You're going to screw up the bits on this show? You're going to disappoint the Spotlight fans? Now we got issues, WWE. Now we got issues. Greyman Media says, The sellout Wembley Stadium, AEW's booking game is going to have to be near perfect. Major star power, major storylines, major matches, major goodwill. So we didn't really get to talk too much about the AEW stuff. And for first-time viewers, typically... We bounce around the the world of professional wrestling. We we talk about WWE, we talk about AEW, we talk about uh, our other category, which will be like New Japan, Impact, ROH, things like that. And then we have our Indies category, which uh, the Indies are apparently dead, but but that is stuff that happens on the independent scene. So we try to do a little bit of everything on this show today. Obviously, very Cody Cody centric uh, because. As you heard Steven Jensen speak, uh, this meant a lot to him, and so it, you know, we thought that uh, we thought it was going to be a different show. We, we thought it was going to be a different show, and it ended up being a, a more disappointing, more disappointing show. Um, so yeah, but I do want to because we did have a super chat 
about AEW. Their big announcement was Wembley Stadium. I know some people were like, oh, that's not that big of an announcement. Look, does it affect me? No, not not in the immediate. I'm not going to Wembley Stadium. But do I recognize that this is a big moment, milestone for the company? Yes. They're going to try to go to a stadium where they're going to sell up to 80,000 seats. I think it'll maybe be closer to like 60, 70. I, I think it'll be closer to that. But still, that's still going to be triple. Their highest is Arthur Ashe, which is around 20, over 20. Now they're going to at least try to triple that with, with Wembley. That's a big deal. That's a very big deal to do that. And like the Super Chat said, like you got to have big plans for, for something like that. Because not only are you doing that, but if all out stays, all out's the week after. So are we? how are we building here to all in? Is all in some type of big super show, all outs, like where storylines actually culminate? And if you're an American person, are you weighing the options of, hey, let's go to let's go to Wembley and go to that show, or you know, I'll just stay here in the U.S. and just fly to I assume Chicago. Let's go to Chicago and go to All Out. Uh, the the scheduling of this is, is a little curious. I'm interested to see how they ba- balance that. But if you're doing Wembley, you got to be pretty confident you got something monumental for that show because you don't do a up to 80,000 seats without thinking hoping that you got the you got the matches and the stories that are going to that are going to fill that stadium uh people asking do i think they're going to fill it i i don't want to doubt they've done very well on especially first time markets it's their first first trip over there it, it's gonna it's gonna get just a lot of buys just based on aw is here and they, they don't even need uh, anything like that. Um, so it's going to get a lot of a lot of ticket sales just, again, based on going there. But do I think it fully sells out? I'd be surprised. I would be surprised if it, if it sold out. Uh, at least, you know, the people are saying, like, you're going to paper it and it'll have a lot of cameras and stuff. Yeah, that, that's definitely true. I, I'd like to see how the... Um, I'd like to see how the the setup is because I think they'll it'll probably be for around it'll probably be for around sixty thousand would be my guess, um, which is still triple their their biggest thing. Do I think they can put sixty thousand people there? I'd be a little surprised if they do it. More power to them because that means they are extremely hot, which is good good for wrestling. And it means they they've done something right leading up to all of that. So we will see when tickets go on sale what those first day sales are, and then after that, you know, hopefully they got uh, they got a hot enough story, hot enough matches to where they can they can pack that thing. Because I hope I hope to see I hope to see it full. I and I I think my guess my assumption is if they feel confident enough to run Wembley and not run like Craven Cottage or a smaller stadium, then they feel that they can do big business. You don't do this unless metrics tell you it's a good idea and unless you got just the utmost confidence and and balls to do something like this. So we'll see if they're able to do it. People are mentioning CM Punk, certainly certainly, uh, possible only possible there um you know i that's obviously if they got cm punk 
that's a big get. That's a big draw for them. I've seen people mention that it might be Sting's last match. That would be a pretty big selling point for that show. Uh, you're going to need selling points, and, and you're going to need something something big for that show. They got Jay White. That was so we didn't get to mention that on the show, but Jay White, all signs kind of pointed to him coming to WWE because why would you do a Leaves New Japan match? if you were going to sign with AEW where you could still just do new Japan stuff, you just effectively killed off a company. You could still potentially do matches for, but you're signing with AEW. I didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense at the time. So it seemed like you all signs were pointing to him going to WWE. All the reports were that WWE was pretty confident. He was going to be showing up. He was going to be signing. And of course he didn't. How much of influence is that is, is of Vince McMahon I imagine there was some influence there with, with Vince McMahon coming back and Jay White may have thought things differently. Or if Jay White didn't think things differently, maybe there was just like, look, we're not going to hire anybody else. We've already hired all these other people. We've already rehired all these other people. We're not just going to spend money and just hire a bunch more people. Like it, it's, you know, we're, we're just not going to do that. We got to cut it off somewhere. We just do. Um, so it's possible that happened. Then Jay was like, okay, well, I'll go to AW. And that's where he ended up going. It's a good get for AW. I was curious to see him in WWE. I really wanted to see what that version of Jay White looked like. I think he would have been very good. He's a good promo, good worker. I thought his style fit well with WWE. I thought like obviously has the look and the charisma of, of an absolute superstar. So I was very curious to see what he would look like and WWE AW feels familiar. He'll do well. He's, he's fantastic, fantastic wrestler. He'll do well. I'm very much looking forward to the program with him and Ricky Starks. I think those are going to be some really good uh, promos, good matches as well. So I'm looking forward to that. But I, I wanted to see him just see what he kind of do in WWE, and I wanted to see what Triple H could do with him in WWE because Triple H he loves these guys, right? Like he loves the the New Japan independent guys and like wants to give them these big pushes and everything. And so far the people that he's rehired hasn't done a whole lot with, but those were kind of like new old toys for him. Those were just toys he had in, in NXT and that, that he, you know, did well with, and then it became main roster and was kind of a different game. Jay white was new, new like that. That was a new, new person for, for him to use. And so I wanted to see him like, does he book him? Like he probably would have booked him had he been around in NXT at the time, had he been able to sign him in NXT, where he gets that monumental kind of push right out the gate. He gets the the Adam Cole, the Shinsuke Nakamura treatment right out of the gate. Like, would that have happened for, for Jay White in WWE? So I was, I was looking forward to the potential of that with Jay White in WWE. Not only how he was going to do, but how Triple H would, would do with him. You know, we're going to get that. We're going to get uh, Jay White in AEW, which will be which will be good. Yeah, I think he will be doing just fine in AEW. I think he will be absolutely be doing just fine. All right. Let's get to our interview with VN Fuso. Again, it was recorded. It was recorded last week. It was recorded before um, before WrestleMania. So when, as Steven Jensen mentioned, we do mention... Cody Rhodes being WWE champion. 
Uh, it's very much alluded to. It's It seemed like foregone conclusion when we recorded this interview that it was going to happen. And then it didn't happen. Um, so those mentions are did not age well. Did not age well at all. But VMV, so uh, very, very prominent YouTuber. You, you're the most hated YouTuber uh, is what is uh, uh, Twitter. Twitter banner is Twitter header. Uh, he does he does great work. Not only wrestling videos, putting together things on like Hogan knows best, things on like Sting's run in TNA, which we talk about putting together a dumb side of the ring, which was absolutely hilarious. Um, so not only wrestling stuff, but like throwback television shows. He's got some videos on like Always Sunny, uh, George Lopez show, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, a lot of Batman videos as well. So he does he does is great work when it comes to content creation on on youtube so everyone can all the links are below everyone can go check those out go support him and uh yeah really good conversation with him everyone check it out and i'll see everyone on the other side of this interview here we go everybody the creator spotlight with v infuso welcome to the creator spotlight the interview portion of the spotlight here on fightful i as always am stephen jensen with jeremy lambert and today our guest is a YouTuber that I've watched for years who covers not just professional wrestling, but also pop culture, a bunch of movies, TV shows, a great channel over there. He is your least favorite YouTuber, the social injustice warrior, V Infuso. V, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's actually been a while since I went by uh, the social injustice warrior, <laughs> but um, I, I, I like to think that I still hold up to my moniker of being everything. <laughs> Favorite. Yeah, I, I thought that was a, cl a clever nickname, so I forgot to throw that out there. O OG fans know. So, <laughs> Un unfortunately, um, not everybody got that it was just a clever nickname, and then people took it as like some weird social stance. So I was like, you know what? Maybe I don't need to be called that. That's fine. Gotcha. Well, I either way, V Infuso, thank you for joining the show. Um, for those of you um, unfamiliar with V, uh, how long have you been on YouTube doing videos? Oh, crap. Um, I guess essentially since the platform came out, but I was only, I only started being successful about five or six years ago. What, what was the, um, the videos or the video, if you, if you can kind of pinpoint where it started to kind of really take off for you? Oh, God. Um, Unfortunately for me, uh, the, the video that really started to get over with an audience and introduced me to people was, um, I don't know if you guys know about Channel Awesome. I don't think so. I'm not familiar. Uh, no. it's, it's much better if you're not. Uh, there, <laughs> I, I basically wound up getting noticed because I was, uh, I was reporting on like drama and gossip and people uh, started flocking to that. Um, I didn't start getting noticed by wrestling fans until like, I, I want to say it was uh, my Razor Ramon video was the first real mass introduction to a wrestling audience, I think at least. Okay, gotcha. Because I, I was familiar, I, or I became familiar, I'm sure through the YouTube algorithm where it's like, I just watch a lot of wrestling stuff, started seeing your videos popping up. <clears throat> also, you've collaborated with a lot of people that I've, I've watched their stuff as well, um, yeah. which I wanted to ask you about. Um, but so when you say you got into it at first with um, like the drama and stuff like that, was that just like general like uh, like internet YouTuber, like social media type drama? Or was it like kind of like like a topic that you were kind of covering with the drama? Um, all right. So so like the the long story short would be that 
I, I was doing YouTube for a while and I was doing like a whole bunch of things. I never expected to be successful. I was just trying to uh, have a creative outlet. So like I just did a bunch of different things. And one day my friend pulled me aside and was like, listen, you're a really good talker. You should just talk things like just talk about things, just talk shit. And that's all you need to do. Just talk like, you know, review things or just like just speak. So uh, I applied my personality to my videos, and that's around the time that I started seeing uh, an improvement in the numbers, and I actually started making money. Um, but yeah, it, it was the first thing that I, I really got recognized for was a topic that I, I don't even know how I wound up covering. Like, there were people involved in the situation that heard me, you know, talk shit before, and they gave me information on the inside, so... Gotcha. Gotcha. Interesting. My, my question is, why do you hate Batman? <laughs> oh, I love Batman. <laughs> I, I noticed that a lot of the videos are, are Batman related and some of them are like, hey, th this is very good. And then th now let me tell you why this Batman is awful. Um, yeah. so what, where did the Bat Batman stuff, I know we're supposed to talk about wrestling. Who cares? No, uh, yeah, where where did the Batman stuff like come from and how, how much of you sort of uh, leaned into that? But I like I've looked at a lot of your videos and there's a lot of really cool stuff on here that I'd like to get into, but specifically Batman. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, <coughs> I've, I've been a raging Batman fan. Like I mean, Batman and wrestling I got into around the same time, which was like a little bit before kindergarten. So this, these have been like lifelong, like, fandoms that i've been a part of you know like i i've i've have i've a lot of love and passion for those things um i've loved batman my whole life i probably got into that character before i ever was introduced to wrestling at all um yeah i it, it took a couple of years for me to even talk about the character on the channel but i am currently you know recording this with you guys in my <laughs> batman inspired office it's still getting put together i wish i could show you but like this is one half like shrine and one half office essentially so now i am in a transition into a wrestling question and you've you've done a video on this but for those who have not seen the video joker sting is i think one of the most underrated wrestling characters of all time because we're so used to sting as as crow or before that surfer sting joker sting kind of carried tna for a little while what were your thoughts on joker sting you know what i i agree with that to a degree like i know that it's outlandish and it was definitely not what we we're used to but what i really appreciated about joker sting is that he approached it with a similar energy that he approached like his early days in wcw with like when he spoke like in his promos there was like that cadence there that it was like high energy and it was just very different from i think a lot of people were more used to like sting being dark and you know pseudo gothic you know essentially see that was this thing that i grew up on fell in love with when is halloween on the surfer sting so i was happy mm. to see that he was he brought energy back instead of all right stoic crow sting and get i liked Sing with the the energy, and I wish he'd do. He he kind of has a little bit more energy in AEW nowadays. It's more than just being stoic. But I think Joker's thing was uh absolutely fantastic. Jensen, do you have thoughts on Joker's thing? Um, at the time it was strange, but like when you look back on it, I think it actually ages really well. To be honest, I'm with you guys. 
you, you know what the thing about it for me that really makes it is that it didn't have to be done. You know, like Sting was at a point in his career where he could go the rest of his life just doing what's worked for him. And nobody's going to tell him, hey, you should try to switch it up. It's like, no, he's a nostalgia act. He could just do that, you know. He went out of his way to try to spice things up and make it different and, like, you know, add a chapter to his career. I respect the hell out of him for that. And I think on some level it worked. But, you know, I mean, I also understand people who are like, I just didn't get Joker Sting. Like, I, why wasn't he the crow? I, t I totally get <laughs> For sure. Well, hey, on the flip side, sometimes you try to change it up and sometimes you try to, you know, get some career longevity by, you know, doing something different, you know, in You've covered uh, someone who who's done this a few times in their career, um, the Hulkster, Hollywood Hollywood Hulk Hogan, and all the the trials and tribulations. Um, Hogan knows best. That was uh, a thing that I was very entertained hearing you talk about. Um, I followed the whole saga and then rewatched like when it was all like all together as as one big video. Um, Thank you. What? Oh, absolutely. What? <laughs> I have so many questions about like how long it took you, like how many times you had to watch this stuff and like how like this, how long of like, how long did it take you to edit, like put together all this for, for people who haven't seen this yet. Y'all got to check this out. V has this whole saga on the Hogan knows best series. And I just think it's the best. I think you did the best job of breaking it down uh, of anyone I've seen do it on YouTube. So. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm, yeah. I'm, stop saying that sentence, but I do <laughs> appreciate that. No, that took, those videos took forever because I had to watch and rewatch and they would just say such outlandish, like <laughs> at such a rapid speed. I have to keep, keep pausing and go, wait, did, did he actually say that? Or did I just imagine that he just said that? Like, did he actually just say those words or did I just think that that would be the most amazing thing that I could put in my video? And, I feel like uh, I need to go back and rewatch Hogan knows best now because oh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's a very interesting watch with the power of like hindsight. Right. You know, like when you know where the story goes and like where they're all at now, it's like, Oh, well that's, that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> Probably yeah. a lot of stuff of like, Oh yeah. I, that you see kind of what led this to this now the signs are there we just all missed them because we were caught up in the wacky world of reality television well i'll tell you if you want to look for signs like there was literally an episode where nick hogan is brought into a prison to watch this video about what happens when you reckless drive right oh my gosh the uh, wow the foreshadowing there that's right. amazing. And there's just a lot of moments <clears throat> this it's like oh it's it's almost like a time traveler made this like as a warning <laughs> oh yeah it's weird because it's like hanging out with like bubba and stuff and you're just like oh this is all this all and so bad for everybody like everyone like involved in this like you know i i, I actually i met brooke hogan once and she was super sweet like i want to say that like she was like really 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 nice so i want to throw that out there like I, that's my only experience with the hogan family at all was one short interaction with brooke but like Man, I, I was watching because I know like your your channel, you have all these other videos like breaking down <clears throat> like, you know, Hulkamania and like the peak of that and like the NWO and all the members. And so it's like this, your channel is a very interesting career, career like retrospective on, on Hogan as well. So 
as like a big fan, obviously you were a, a, a big Hulkamaniac, a big wrestling fan as a kid. I've seen clips of you in some of these videos doing backyard wrestling. Um, <laughs> yeah. Can you speak kind of just more to like your fandom and also your thought process? Like when you're making these videos, like it just got to be, I don't know, I guess kind of your whole thought process when you're making videos, like how are you deciding what you want to cover and that kind of stuff? Uh, you know what? I usually just cover whatever a appeals to me it's just sort of you know if i have an interesting take or like a lot of thought in i put a lot of thought into something whether it's positive or negative you know i i think that it makes me want to put something out there then again i've also said like i want to do a video on this and then like looked at that source material in the face and was like i don't even know how i would approach this like what what i have nothing so i don't know i just i try to talk about whatever interests me i want to make one correction though I was actually not a huge Hulkamaniac. I hate oh. Hulk Hogan. Oh, oh, no, okay. Jensen so out here making you're assumptions. Right. You're right. No, no, I'm sorry. Was it, was it, were you a savage guy? Was that it? Well, I did love Macho Man, but I, I hated Hulk Hogan until he became Hollywood Hulk Hogan. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, I think that's because, like, I, my, when I first was introduced to wrestling, I saw Hollywood Hulk Hogan. And I was like, this guy's awesome. And then I saw some of his earlier stuff where he was like talking about vitamins and saying the prayers, and I was just like, "Oh, this is bullshit." <laughs> well, who who are your other like who are your favorites um, growing up as a fan? Uh, whew, there's a lot there. Um, Shawn Michaels was definitely my favorite as a child. I thought he was funny. I I liked his move set. And uh, his personality came through in everything that he did, and I really appreciated that. I liked Bret Hart a lot. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you know that story. Go ahead and tell that. Uh, well, I liked Bret Hart a lot, uh, and then he flipped me off when I was a kid. <laughs> what, what did you do to piss off Bret Hart? Well, I did do something. It, it 100% is on me, but I did not know what I was doing. So I was a really dumb kid. Um, not much has changed. Like now I'm a man, but I'm just a really dumb man. But like at the time I was significantly dumber and smaller. Um, I didn't realize that Bret Hart had any kind of like relationship with Sean. I figured that he did because again, when you're a kid, you put together two and two and sometimes you come up with six. Um, I was like, well, Bret Hart, is Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels is the heartbreak kid. So they must know each other. I'm online. I'm like, I'm, I'm in kindergarten or first grade and I'm about to meet Bret Hart for the first time. And I'm like, I know what I'll do. I'm going to impress him because Bret Hart was, and Shawn Michaels were my favorite wrestlers, but I did not know that they had any interaction with each other. I was like, I'm going to impress him by telling him that I know Shawn Michaels. And he'll be so impressed. Um, well, he definitely had a reaction, for sure. Um, I don't think it was the one that I was expecting, but I walked right up to him, you know, with these, these big bright eyes, so excited to tell my favorite wrestler about my other favorite wrestler. And I go, hey, Bret Hart, I know Shawn Michaels. <laughs> And uh, his smile fades immediately. And without well, me, that runs in the family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brett, Brett looks at me 
And like, I swear to you, doesn't miss a beat. He just goes, uh, yeah. Well, the next time you see him, give him one of these. And then he flips me off. That's amazing. That's such a great story. <laughs> oh, man. Bret Hart, you would think, yeah. I mean, I guess if you're bringing up Shawn Michaels at the time, you were bringing up Shawn Michaels. Yeah. You, you may have had that coming, B. It was poor timing. It was poor timing. <laughs> Do you think he would forgive you now? Like he, unless your name's Goldberg, it seems like he, he's a forgetful man. I don't know. I think if he saw my videos, he'd probably give me a four out of ten. The Triple H of, of WrestleMania. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> that man had a lot of matches at WrestleMania. Uh, they, they were all about four out of ten. Um, <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you about because I saw this when it when it first came out, and I didn't realize it was it was you until today when I was looking up some stuff. Dumb side of the ring. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> is, it, is this off limits? Should I not get into no. this? Okay, okay. No, um, I mean, this is my, at this point in time, I put so much work into this that this is my magnum opus. If my life is going to amount to anything, let it be that I'm the guy who made dumb side of the ring. <laughs> this, when I first saw the trailer, I was like, oh, this is this is very fascinating. And then yeah, I, I, I didn't know it was you. And then I looked at the, the trailer again. And I looked at the channel. I was like, oh, shit, we're interviewing the person who has put this together. How did just just how? That is my question. Just how? Oh, man. All right. So this is where the interview is about to get really, really fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have so many stories from doing this documentary. Um, OK, so I met Dalton who is, he's the guy who's at the center of the documentary for anyone watching. Yes. Um, I met him about six years ago. We had a mutual friend. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of Brian Danovich. He he worked on Tough Enough. Um, he was the guy who got injured on Tough Enough. He would have won that one, but then he got injured and they had to find somebody else. Um okay. He he was on he was on a couple of Brian Zane videos as well. Okay, gotcha. Wrestling with regret. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he he was a good friend of mine, and he really believed in this kid's work um, because Dalton, for everything bad that has been said and will continue to be said about him, you know, he is a character. He's got a larger than life personality, and I think that. You know, like there's something about him that attracts an audience. Uh, unfortunately, so do train wrecks. So, you know, not necessarily a good thing, but, you know, he definitely has something. So I've tried to look out for him over the years because um, my friend unfortunately passed away. Um, I've done my best to try to look out for him, but it's it's almost like how do you how do you look out for somebody who is so hell bent on self-destructing? Um, he's now running shows. He's not paying talent. He's, you know, he's leaving a, a wake of disaster. The last event I covered, because we, we filmed one of his events and we had a cameraman on him all night. Like there is, there were nine hours of footage of just Dalton at this show. Right. And I don't want to give anything away, obviously, but like, a lot went down, fights broke out, uh, multiple, and cops were called. 
You know, like this is this is normal for him. This happens every show. There's some big problem, but everything with Dalton, for better or worse, is an event. I, you, you can see it in the trailer. There's there's the the backstage stuff where he's basically being confronted over not paying talent or like how how did you think this this is gonna go? And there there are uh there's one there's one punch thrown in, in the trailer uh, from what I recall, but like just <laughs> the trailer yeah <laughs> just the trailer alone like if you're watching this and i assume uh people listening to this are fans of of dark side of the ring and enjoy that and there you you mentioned it it's kind of the tagline on this like the tiger king of the ring i mean we were all kind of captivated by tiger king at the the height of the pandemic and it, this is now almost very much the pro wrestling version of that so if you've not seen this trailer go go check it out i'll put the link in the in the description and the episodes are on your your patreon is that correct um the uncensored full episodes are going to be on the patreon but i will be having like a much more edited down version available on youtube okay all right <clears throat> it should be on next is... month, the first episode awesome awesome uh this is again just fascinating if if you've not seen the trailer i i was compounded by, by this i was like oh my gosh this is this rules Thanks, man. Uh, it's uh, it's it's pretty wild. <laughs> it's uh, it's a pretty wild story. Actually, I, ironically enough, before this even came up to do a video, uh, I had heard that Dalton was running shows now, and I reached out to him. I was like, "Dude, listen, man, shows cost money, and I know that you don't have any." I was like, "So how are you doing this?" don't worry about it i got this person and this person and this person i was like okay but i'm telling you i'm, I'm seeing more names being added to your event and i know that you're not going to have the money i think that this is a big mistake and you should cancel the show and he's like no brother i got it i got it brother blah 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 uh come time for the show and then all of a sudden a bunch of videos are circulating and going viral of him being smacked up in the locker room <laughs> The, uh, apparently the entire locker room actually came out and they blocked off every exit because he was trying to run away without playing. Uh, they blocked up every exit and forced him back into the locker room. Oh. What even, even, ask, like, what even happens there? I mean, like, I guess we can assume, but, like, he doesn't have the money. He's trapped and everyone's against him. Like, that just can't end well. Right, and yet somehow this kid's still running shows because this is this is he's done this four times now. It gives me kind of a what was a uh, Billy McFarlane what was a Firefest <laughs> like oh, just, yeah, just, sell, just out there selling wolf tickets just just <laughs> oh, yeah absolutely. absolutely there's definitely a comparison to be made. <laughs> <laughs> the the last show that he did was a was a Balls Mahoney uh, tribute show. Four or five years after the guys passed away, mind you, and uh, I'll just—I'll I'll have you understand the level of organization he has. I show up with my camera crew, and uh, before I even get there, he calls me and he goes, "Hey, could you could you film the show?" And I said, "I have nine cameras on me. Yeah, man, like that's what we're going to do—is film the show." He's like, "No, but I mean the actual show because I don't have any cameramen of my own." Oh, no. And I was like, okay, yeah, I guess I could have somebody film your show as well. And he's like, okay, thank you so much. And then I get there and like he pulls me aside away from the cameraman. He goes, 
hey, I'm going to have to, I'm going to need you to work the battle royal. And I go, Dalton, there's a problem there. I'm not a worker. I don't wrestle. What are you, what are you talking about, buddy? He's like, oh, come on. I saw you backyard wrestle 10 years ago. Like, I mean, that's, you know, you're a worker. I'm like, nah, man, that's not really how that works. This guy running the show. Just finding people (laughs) to get in there, dude. We need someone. Yeah, and some of my cameramen actually are wrestlers. Like, some of them work uh, for for Grimm at GTS and whatnot. So, like, some of them do have some experience. And he walked up to my cameraman asking everyone if they wanted, hey, do you want to be in the Battle Royal? You want to be in the Battle Royal? Oh, my gosh. That sounds like that's so dangerous. Oh, no. Does he even pay with a hot dog and, and a handshake? Like, or is it just no? Just come on in here and just please work this match. You gotta at least get the hot dog and the handshake. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I mean, I guess that's the only way he can pay him because there are people who who suggest that he actually lives in his car. So, man, that's rough. I, there's so you, much history behind it. I, I, I don't. Know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, again, everybody watch this trailer. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned like <laughs> people. You mentioned people. I, I, I'm not giving anything away here. Uh, that, that's not in the trailer. But you mentioned people. That well. like Brian Myers is, is there. Um, and, and Boogeyman. He, he's booked booked all these people. Of like, yeah, these people probably cost a a penny here, and uh, doesn't doesn't seem like they're they're getting paid or anything. So very 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 sad times. But. Everybody watched this. His, his last show, he had a bunch of names. He had, um, he had, a uh, he was promoting that James Ellsworth was going to be there, that Brian Kendrick was going to be there. There was a couple names. He was like, these are major names. I'm a major promotion. Um, a lot of people canceled because he also booked Teddy Hart to be there. Uh-huh. That that is uh in in the the description in the trailer he, he's like teddy hart's biggest fan now yes so that's, yes that's a life choice oh, wow hey you were just i mean that's that's the that's the real tiger king of pro wrestling right there like actual actually breeding cats and living that dude that is so that's that's interesting company uh to to have uh and to be vouching for oh yeah. he's, he's vouched for him quite a bit <laughs> But what's funny, funny. what's really funny is that he vouched for him, he paid him his money, and Teddy, like, most of the people pulled off of the show because they're like, I can't be associated with Teddy Hart, sorry. And then Teddy Hart didn't show. (laughs) Shocker. (laughs) Shocker that Teddy Hart did not show. Oh, my gosh. That's too funny. Hey, well, speaking of take a little bit of a turn here. And ask for people who who do show um people we've collaborated with i wanted to ask you um your youtube collaborations you mentioned brian zane um what have those experiences been like and how's that kind of process with um because i'm assuming i don't know but like i'm assuming you probably for your videos like write out a script voice it edit it um i don't know if you have a team that helps you at all i'd like to know that though as well but um but uh, how was that process like? And, and who are some people that you've worked with, other YouTubers that you've had like really good experiences with? Um, I uh, no, I don't have a team. It's it's all just like I'm I'm the guy who writes it, edits it, records it. It's all just me. Um, 
I, I guess my best experiences are probably with Brian. He was the, you know, I, I think more than anything else, actually, the, the first big, um, you know, I, I guess uh, spotlight to be put on my channel was when Brian agreed to come on it. And he did that with no, you know, there was nothing in it for him. He's, he's just a good dude. Um, and he's helped me tremendously. I, he gets nothing out of appearing on my channel. You know what I mean? Like there's nobody who sees my channel that doesn't see his. He strictly does it out of the kindness of his heart. And uh, I think he's a he's a really great individual. I love working with him. I think uh, our personalities play off each other very well. And uh, he came down here for a WrestleMania a couple of years ago, um, the one that was in Jersey. And I he invited me to hang out with him for the day. It was uh, it was a good experience. He's a good dude. I like Brian a lot. <laughs> um, outside of him, probably Marky e. D. I, I like I, his channel a lot as well. Yeah, I love the uh, the, the hawk. The, yeah, the make the hawk talk. Yeah, yeah it's it's always fun working with him because he's always uh, he's always up for a collaboration. Anytime he asks me, I feel like I've unfortunately blown him off a bunch of times, which I totally owe him a collaboration. He's he's really great, honestly, to work with. He's he's just a nice guy and. Uh, I like the end product uh, out of everybody. Those are probably two of my favorite people to work with in the wrestling uh, atmosphere. I've talked to the OSW guys a bunch of times and uh, I, I did the ad break questionarium for them once um, there. I mean, I, I wouldn't consider that necessarily working together, but like just generally speaking, they're, uh, they're very nice guys and uh, I enjoy having conversations with them. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, so that's as as you know, if everyone wants to see that the content out as well, um, OSW reviews, you know, y'all can try find that on YouTube as well. Um, Marky D's channel is fantastic, um, especially if you're a fan or whether you're a fan or just want knowledge of uh, TNA wrestling's history specifically. Like he has so many, it, it, his fandom is strange because like he doesn't watch. I don't know if he like watched WWE or he had like this big gap of where he didn't watch it or something, but he has like this, this like wealth of knowledge of like TNA and everything TNA adjacent, like Ringa King and everything. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he does this whole thing, this whole Ring of the Hawk gimmick and stuff. It's it's very it'd be impossible for me to explain, but I would recommend checking him out as well. And then of course Brian Zane with Wrestling with Regret. So uh, great great company there as well for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, another another thing I wanted to ask you about, just this is one out of left field because I didn't want to forget to ask um, and bring this up. This is not wrestling related, but my favorite television show of all time is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. um, and you have made some Always Sunny videos. Um, what just what are some of your favorite episodes of Always Sunny? And do you have any intention of making more Always Sunny content? Uh, it's Always Sunny is one of my all time favorite shows. So I'm a hundred percent there with you. I would love to make more. It's always funny content. It's, it's whatever there's a, there's a demand for. So as long as people are, are tuning in when I make those videos, then I will continue to make them. I love that show. Um, I don't know. Uh, outside of like SpongeBob SquarePants, I don't know that there's a more quoted show in my <laughs> group of friends. You know, I, I think that that's, that show gets brought up quite often um favorite episodes that's that's kind of tough i think almost all of them are great there's very few stinkers but um it, it's it's such a 
it's such a blade, man. Like everyone uses this, but I think the Nightman Cometh definitely has to be somewhere in the top <laughs> five. It's it's too great. And anytime I think of the show, that's exactly where my mind goes. The episode. Yeah, that's that's right around the time I got into the show. I was in college at the time, so it was like it was perfect timing. Like me and my buddies, you know, we get drunk or whatever, and like it'd come on FX, and we'd be like, "What? What's this show?" And one, I think the first episode I saw was the um. It was the episode where uh, Sinbad and Rob Thomas are in like the insane asylum. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was a big Matchbox 20 fan and a big Sinbad fan. So I'm like, wait, these guys were on the show. I was so confused. And I, <laughs> I thought it was the funniest thing. And then um, I, the Nightman Cometh, I got my brother to watch that episode. And uh, he was all in on the show ever since. So that's that's his favorite episode also. Um, <clears throat> also, I, I love those early seasons, like the uh, – the fate Donovan McNabb and that guy like showing up throughout the series and stuff like as Tiger Woods and Don Cheadle and all this stuff, man. I, so yeah, I, uh, I, I, I could talk to you about always sunny for the next two hours uh, straight, but I, I, I think it's great that you, you make content and you have, you have Frank Reynolds inspired videos on your channel, which I think is awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, the Nightman Cometh really is like that. That's like the introductory episode to like a lot of fans, like, that's the episode you put on if you want to get your friends invested in the show. Uh, I, that's what was done with, with me. I, I was shown that episode, and I was all in. And then that's the same thing I do to everyone else who hasn't seen it. It's uh, I have a similar thing with wrestling. Anytime I want to get somebody interested in wrestling, somebody who hates wrestling, I show them Undertaker versus Mankind, King of the Ring, and uh, it works every time. <laughs> that's a good hook. Then people are like, wait, it, 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 that's that's like starting someone at 100. And then, you know, if they stick around, that's awesome. Because there's not a lot that's going to be like that. Follow, like, to, follow, to follow that match is difficult if you're like a new fan. Yeah, like, you know, maybe, you know, when I show I show people like wrestling for the first time, I usually show them like a couple of really big matches. It, it's 100% that and the, uh, the two TLCs. That's uh, like the first two. I, I always show those. Um, I, I can't imagine showing somebody Undertaker versus Mankind in Hell in a Cell and then being like, hey, let's watch this Ted DiBiase Jr. match from 2011. This is great. That's not going to gonna hook anybody i always try to show like what's on now this is what you're going to be watching so you may as well ju just get used to it uh when it comes to wrestling if you start with undertaker and mankind and you go in expecting that and then you just watch like a generic episode of raw like, why are they holding a, a headlock for 10 minutes here this yeah same work before me you gotta start on, my, on AEW now that's the key just like all right just watch like danielson and hangman and omega and that stuff like right off the bat and if you like that, stick with it. You'll get a lot of that on AEW. You'll get that occasionally on WWE. If you really like the stories, WWE might be for you. If you like the American Roller Coaster, Cody Rhodes, who's about to win the world title, um, who might have won the world title by the time y'all hear this he interview, has. depending when it airs. Um, but uh, oh, let's get that prediction like on the record right now. The WrestleMania is coming up. Do you think Cody Rhodes defeats Roman Reigns to become the champion? I think that if they didn't have Cody Rhodes defeat Roman Reigns, then there would be nobody who reasonably could because the only two people that they've built up, whether it be intentional, whether it be by mistake or design, is Sami Zayn and Cody Rhodes. If it's neither one of those, it's a bust. So, yeah, 100%, I think that Cody Rhodes is winning. Absolutely. <laughs>
By the time everyone listens to this, Cody Rhodes has been the WWE Universal Undisputed Champion of all Atlantic, Pacific, uh, I don't know the other oceans, I'm terrible with geography. He's the champion of the entire universe, right everybody, by the time everybody listens to this. So congratulations, Jensen. Cody Rhodes, yay. I sure hope that happens. I'm a big, big Cody fan over here. Um, I never see a full sweep of the bloodline. <clears throat> I agree. I agree. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, another, another non-wrestling one I had for you, real quick, um, because I, I didn't, I, I, I didn't want to forget to ask this one. Do you have you? So I know you have videos on your channel about like Clerks and Kevin Smith movies, and I was a big fan. I, as a matter of fact, I have like the blueprints from All Rats, like like the, like a replica in my office and stuff. Like I'm big, big fan of those of that series of that whole that whole view viewist universe, mm-hmm. but. I watched the um, the Jan Bob reboot during COVID, um, and I was like, "Oh no!" Like, they I felt like they kind of ruined that. Like, they ruined a lot of the reboots, and then I didn't even see the new Clerks movie. Um, did you see the new movies? And like, what are your opinions on them? Oh man, um, do you like Clerks? The original, yes, a lot. Do you like the second one? I not as much, but I thought it was all right. I could I could rewatch it, but like Clerks, I've seen many times originally. But, but you would say like you have an overall like good fondness of that series, you have good memories of it. Yeah, I mean, I was really I was really deep in. I watched the animated series as well and stuff. So yeah, don't don't yeah. don't watch the third one. Okay, okay, that's kind of, that's honestly like the reason I haven't, dude. Like I wish I never watched Space Jam two. I'm bummed they're making Good Burger two and stuff. Like I just going out through I. I can do a whole episode of this on Mighty Dust Game Changers and how <laughs> bummed out I am about that whole situation. So like, um, so it's good to know that that's a good litmus for me of knowing like whether or not I should, I should watch Clerks 3 or not. That's uh, and well, thank you for being honest about that with me. Yeah. I love, I love Kevin Smith. I love his movies. Um, Clerks 3 was one of the biggest disappointments I've ever had in a movie experience in my life. Like ever. I, I will not spoil Clerks 3, uh, wife, big fan of the View Askew universe. And I, I enjoy it as well. She read the synopsis and was like, not watching this. Just not yeah. doing it. And, and that was that was that for her. So I'll probably never see it just based largely on that. And I do like that universe a, as well. Um, it, sticking to, to not wrestling, you mentioned SpongeBob. And people <laughs> in our chat might yell at me if I don't bring up this because big SpongeBob fan. And you said you quoted all the time. Give me some of your favorite quotes. Oh, man. Like, this is literally old. This is all me and my friends do. We're 30-year-olds, and, well, I guess some of us are Yeah, same here, dude. No no, no judgment here. No, absolutely not. Uh, Put me on the spot. My favorite SpongeBob quotes? It doesn't even have to be favorite. Just what it just throw some out there, and I'm I'm sure I'll be like fine. what might happen on like a regular basis where like something happens and you're like oh you throw out like a SpongeBob line. Um, if it if it's dark, somebody somebody always goes, uh, "This is not your ordinary everyday darkness. This is advanced <laughs> darkness." Like <laughs> it's it's all all of my friends. I I guess we we're all around the same age and we've all watched the same TV shows. But more than anything else, like. SpongeBob, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, and It's Always Sunny in Philly are pretty much what gets thrown around the most. It's hard when you're on the spot too, though, with that kind of stuff. Because yeah. like I, I do the same thing with Always Sunny, but with me and my friends and me and my brother and stuff, like I constantly quote that. 
Um, but it'd be hard for me to just like come up with the line right now. Like when, but it just, when it happens, it happens, you know, it just, um, I'm all here with it. I don't want to be up here. I want to be down. Here with it. <laughs> oh, dude, I was like, it was actually like really hot outside the other day in comparison to how it'd been lately. And like, someone actually was like, it's a hot one. Like, like someone like said that to me, like in my apartment complex. And all I could think about was like, just stripping down to my underwear and walking up to the dude and be like, oh, it's a real hot one, huh? Yeah, I'll show you a hot one, you know, just then, just then, just Dennis Reynolds style. Um, but yeah, like, I, I love all those characters are so funny. It's, it's funny to me because there are a lot of people that don't like the show because they don't understand that you're not like you're rooting for them because like you've gotten to know them, but like they're not good people. Like they're not role models. Like they're not coming out there and telling you you should go out and do these things with your life. But it's just hilarious watching this group of friends just destroy everything around them for for the last you know 20 years that the show's been going what what i really love about those characters is that they're all like terrible people in their own like uniquely different ways so that like when one of them is being awful like another one's almost being like you know normal in the situation but it's it's a completely situational thing you know because like that yeah. person will be completely terrible in another given situation you know so I, I i just love the show for the way that they, they kind of rotate the whole straight man like facade thing it's great yeah my, my favorite is when they just drag like normal people into their <laughs> their world of like oh we got to go to court to settle this and then the judge and the jury and all of you are like what what is that are they they go to therapy and they completely break <laughs> the therapist and everything like those are my favorite where they try to just like yeah let's go to normal things these people will fix us they will actually settle these things and the the stuff they get into is so outrageous and they are so despicable people that it's like no you all of you are beyond help i, I use the line what is happening right now often because that, that's like any time that like someone like from the outside comes into their world they're just like what is happening like they're like, like they'll like they'll be like arguing with each other right in front of a stranger like the kid the, the, the camera will pan over and it's like oh there's been someone else there the entire time like watching this happen uh, so, so they're so good because like they're so natural in in their absurdity you know, like you really you buy that like this is just every day for these people. So you're just like it's, it's bizarre behavior, but like this is like just Tuesday for them. Yeah, I, I saw I saw something circulating on the new or uh, I guess on social media, but it was like a news clip the other day that I guess it was like make sure to warn all your all the you know teenagers out there on spring break because um, there's this new thing circulating that people are doing, and it was um. It was just it was straight up riot punch like it was identical to riot punch it was it was a it was like they were just like yeah you take a gallon and you fill a half vodka half kool-aid and it was like i was like they're all kids are just making riot punch now like this, this has been around forever it's like it's so it's just it's it's all over the place dude like i like for instance even another time to that show that they have to do is um the eagles just lost the super bowl right mm -hmm. so like they gotta cost them the super bowl like, you know what I mean? They have to have an episode where, like, the gang costs the, the Eagles the Super Bowl. You know, like, it, it all, everything in my life ties back into that show in one way or another, so. Maybe. Uh, Four bodyguards, good. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, fight milk. Oh, we can go all day oh, on all yeah, that. Fight oh, milk. absolutely. Yes. 
Uh, the, the phrase "the implication" comes up with my group of friends very often. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of speaking of fight milk, a second ago, you didn't see uh, Cowboy Cerrone just got. Uh, he's going to get inducted to the UFC Hall of Fame. They just announced it a few days ago. So there you go, another tie into everyday life. A fight, fight milk ambassador Cowboy Cerrone going to the Hall of Fame. So. He, he better shout out Fight Milk in his Hall of Fame speech. <laughs> the official sports streak of the Great. UFC. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now, now the funny thing is in real life, Logan Paul and KSI's prime drink is the official. Like, so it's weird how the, life's weird. It's just weird. No, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, on, on one hand, though, you know, I mean, I hate to say it because I don't think Logan Paul's the greatest representation of. Uh, of all of YouTube, but you like to see somebody on the platform uh, make it off the, you know, and, and find, you know, climb a little bit higher up that ladder of success. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's Logan Paul, but like right. you, you see somebody do it. Well, every now and then you get like a filthy Frank breaks through and becomes Joji or something, you know, so every, every now and then you get like uh, something like that happens where, you, where the, and to, to Logan Paul's credit, I think he's been fantastic on the WWE show. Like he's great in the ring, does oh, great, great promos, gets heat. I mean, he does a great job. Absolutely. I agree. He's a terrible person, but like <laughs> wrestling wise, yeah, he's fine. He's good. No, he's, he's uh, honestly, I, I was very surprised. I wasn't surprised by how fast he took to like, you know, the whole character and persona part of wrestling. Um, the sports entertainment side didn't surprise me, but like, you know, like as soon as he went out there, like day one that I saw him in a match, he looked like a professional wrestler, not not somebody green and training to become a professional wrestler. He looked like a legitimate professional wrestler. That's surprising. Yeah, I think him and Rollins are gonna have a great match at WrestleMania too. I think it's gonna be really great. I'm I'm gonna say something that I think I'm gonna I'm gonna regret saying. I want to clarify, I'm not saying that he's on this person's level, but I am saying, like, in terms of starting off and being, like, ready as soon as you, you're you essentially put in the spotlight, I think he's up there with Kurt Angle. I know what you mean by that, as far as, like, because, like, he within literally Logan's first match, he was thrown right into the deep end right. and, like, and took right to it. I know what you mean by that. I get that comparison. Yeah, I'm like again, like I'm not saying that Logan Paul is as good as that's insane, but what I'm of saying is, is that both of them started off and they already had like a better idea of what it is that they should be doing, like a better idea than like some people who had been doing it for much longer than them. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Pete, we're gonna have to cut you off right there. Outlandish, outlandish <laughs> takes that Logan Paul is, is on the level. Of Kurt Angle, everyone is <laughs> now bad at you. <laughs> hey, hey! So this, we're, we're getting the weirdest stuff in some of our interviews lately. Like uh, these headlines that'll come out of this kind of stuff. We, we we won't we won't troll too much about you. Uh, you comparing Logan Paul to Kurt Angle. We won't we won't mislead anybody. <laughs> but 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 one another thing. So we recently did an interview with our buddy Mose, who's a who's a commentator promoter um, around the indie scene here in the southeast mainly. Just GCW and stuff, and he, uh, he, we, we brought up a hypothetical scenario that I'd like you to weigh in on. Who do you think would win an actual street fight? Okay, this is a real fight, no bias, like actual street fight between no rules, no limits, no time limits, right? Cody Rhodes versus Eddie Kingston in an actual fight. I'm sorry, in an actual fight. Yeah. 
in an actual fight, Cody Rhodes versus Eddie Kingston. All right, this is very important. If we're talking a street fight, what street is this happening on? This is happening on neutral territory on like like on, on as, as they say in Always Sunny, it's 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 gonna be it's it'll be regulation like concrete. Like it'll be regulation. Like, yeah, it'll be regulated, it'll be regulation. <laughs> so um yeah, just just a random neighborhood. No, 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 uh no one knows the no one else know no one knows the territory any better than the others. There's no one who's gonna help. It's just straight up. Yeah, well, hey, we'll say this. It's, it's happening. It's happening on a soccer field. Well, see, okay. I think you'll appreciate this answer then. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with Eddie because you know Cody just works on his glamour muscles. You know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I disagree because I go Cody, but I appreciate the joke there. I I get the I get yeah. I he, he works on his glamour muscles. He's like he's like Rex a little bit. <laughs> Uh, no, you know Eddie. Eddie, um, Eddie just has like a—I I don't know what it is. It's—it's it's like a vibe. Like that's just a dude who. I'm not a very scared man, but like if I'm crossing the street and he's on that side of the street, I might walk the other way. <laughs> yeah, like, I oh, might... I, I, absolutely. No, I would never in a million years. Th- this is a hypothetical, just absolute joke of a question. Like we nah, love Eddie Kingston on this show. So when when we finally interview Eddie Kingston, that's the first question we're asking him is do you think you could beat Cody Rhodes in a street fight? <laughs> and I hope he answers truthfully. Uh, <laughs> that Eddie, was a good answer, by the way, V. That that was a truthful answer that Eddie Kingston would beat. Eddie Kingston's one of my favorite. I mean, so is Cody, but <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Although uh, wasn't mean to me on Twitter. So wait, who is mean to you on Twitter? I had I had a, like a little tiff with Cody like I think like two years ago or something. Oh, what wait, are you wait, doing what, pissing it, off yeah. Bret Hart and now Cody oh, Rhodes? I, Canadian I, I, and American heroes here. I'm a generational yeah. troll. I'm just looking to <laughs> the best of the best, you know. Um, no, I, I I think somebody somebody was talking about how Cody Rhodes is his act like that's the name on his driver's license. And all I said was, I don't see how it could be unless he changed his name, which he did. Right. And then I think he wrote back to me. He's like, oh, I didn't think that I would have to continue to address this with like an eye roll emoji. And I was like, oh, I mean, I wasn't asking you to. I just didn't know you can't be named. I love Cody's one of my favorite wrestlers. I've been a fan of him. Since before he was wrestling, uh, I remember yeah. being a kid and listening to uh, him and his father's Hall of Fame speech. And I was like, wow, this this guy's very articulate. Like, I liked him back then. He wasn't even wrestling yet. Yeah. But I, I unfortunately <laughs> did not. I haven't been keeping up with all things Cody, so I, I understand what I did wrong. Yeah, all good. All good. I've been a, I've been a longtime fan of his as well. Um I actually, me and him, I, I talked about it so much on the show. People get annoyed by it, I'm sure. But like, I, I went to high school with him, just so random that like we were on the same high school wrestling team back in the day. He's two years older than I am, so like I saw him like win these, win multiple state championships in high school, and then like followed the whole journey from like OVW through everything through now. So it's been it's cool that you had, like you you remember him before he blew up too, like because a lot of people like that first WWE run. A lot of people didn't see a lot in him. So like the OG fans are like, man, they could be doing more with this guy. And then I'm just glad to see him finally, you know, looks like it's finally working out for him. And I mean, if he doesn't win the world title WrestleMania, like what are we doing here? They're, they don't have a better opportunity than they do right now to, to like, to, to make it make sense to take it off Roman. So 
yeah, there's there's no bigger star right now. Like there there's literally the like I said, I feel the only two options that WWE set up was Sami Zayn, which I don't I don't know if the way that he's been depicted all these months is the greatest introduction for a new champion, you know, uh, or Cody Rhodes, who you know has been pretty much, I mean. Not to the same extent, but I remember hearing in WCW, I remember a lot of, because I've read a lot of, like, these wrestlers' books and shit. Um, I remember, I think it was Jericho said he felt like the red carpet was being rolled out for Hogan, right? It's very much the same with, with Cody in WWE. He came back, and they immediately put him into a feud with one of one of their top stars. I mean... He entered, he re-entered WWE a much bigger star than he did when he left. Like where where he was as soon as he returned, that that was a step up from where he was when he left. You, you know, he would never be put in such a position to go over on Seth Rollins in a feud, you know? He yeah. just wasn't seen as that guy. So absolutely. And the fans reacted and they continue to react. And it's and it's strange, not strange, what well, is strange, but it's it's refreshing to see like a true baby face getting a true baby face reaction. Not because like the fans have like taken the, the show hostage or because it's like cool to cheer the bad guy or whatever. It's like just what they're doing is working, roll with it. I think it's pretty simple. Yeah. And but once again, by the time y'all hear this, he's already the champion, which is awesome. So you know. <laughs> That's, you know, very, very happy right now about that. <laughs> and V, if you ever don't want to accidentally piss off Cody because you weren't positive that he had illegally changed his name, just message Jensen be like, hey, do I have my Cody facts correct? I don't need him <laughs> eye-rolling emojiing me for no reason. Jensen will tell you what the Cody facts are. Yeah, I got you. I got you, V. <laughs> you got to support me with the Matitude facts. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. V1. <laughs> v V, thank you for joining us. Let everybody know uh where where they can find you at. Uh well, thank you for having me. Uh if for some odd reason you wanted to watch me and my terrible content, uh go to youtube.com slash V Infuso. And hopefully that dumb side of the ring, I should have the first episode up next month. Oh, nice. Very much look forward to that, guys. Uh, all the links are in the in the description below. You can go to the link tree and check everything out. You can go to the YouTube channel and check everything out. Doesn't do just wrestling videos. A lot of pure nostalgia fans like uh, Jensen and myself. Uh, I saw a video on George Lopez, which I think is a very underrated show. Uh, I saw a video on Flavor of Love, which my exact, like, right up my alley when it comes to, to trash reality television. Love that show. Uh, so a lot of content that I think a lot of our fans will enjoy outside of wrestling as well. So okay, go check that out. And thank you again uh, for joining us here tonight. We really appreciate it. Um, go support V. Go check out the channel. Go follow him on Twitter if you would like to do that. Guys, thank you for joining us. We'll be right back here on the spot. We are back. And that interview was very sad on Relisten. <laughs> Poor Steven Jensen. It's going to be a different show today, everybody. It's going to be a much different show. And WWE had to come in and WWE things. Thank you again to the Infuso for joining us. That was a really fun interview. Everyone go check out his content on his YouTube channel. The link is below. Does a lot of great stuff. 
not only with wrestling, but television, reality television, movies, things of that nature as well. Very much looking forward to Dumb Side of the Ring. So everyone, go go support him. Go check out the YouTube channel. Go follow him on Twitter, all that fun stuff. Guys, we'll be back next week with a new episode of The Spotlight. We will kind of get back on, on track when it comes to the format. Last week, we were just kind of talking about anything and everything because it was WrestleMania week. There was just a lot to talk about. Every Every company in the world was seemingly running a show last week so we're kind of bouncing around all over the place and today was cody centric because it was cody centric uh yeah we thought it was gonna be a much different show it was gonna be cody centric regardless i'm pretty sure it would have been a celebration of things had cody rightfully won uh instead he lost and it was not a celebration of things so this this episode was always going to be based around cody and and that's what it was. Unfortunately, it was a the sad version of of this episode. Uh, the spotlight, Cody, autumn, autumn, Cody, sad version. I think I screwed up that Taylor Swift joke. Apologies to Denise Salcedo. We'll be back next week. We'll have our our typical format talking WWE, AEW, others, and Indies. Brand new interview for everybody as well, folks. Do not follow me on Twitter. Follow Steven Jensen on Twitter at fight talk underscore. Show him some love. Tell, tell him that you love him. Tell him it'll be okay. And that one day Cody Rhodes will eventually finish the story, even though the story never ends. Go tell Steven Jensen that head over to Fightful Overbooked. We got a lot of content over there. New content every single day on Fightful Overbooked, including shows like tag talk with Haley and Kylie. Uh, can you gift Jensen a rubber chicken as a feel better kit? I don't know if that'll make him feel better. I really, I really don't. I, I think that'll make him feel worse, honestly. Shows like Tag Talk on Fightful Overbooked with Haley and Kylie uh, talking about the world in tag team wrestling in the world of wrestling. I'm sure they'll have a lot to say about FTR's big win last night. They should talk the entire show about the guns coming out to Many Men by 50 Cent, which absolutely rolled. Uh, Tuesdays, we have no idea what we run on tuesdays we run whatever we want on tuesdays we have new japan bread club with matt and karen they'll be back next week with a brand new episode oh tuesday's fmc i do a show on tuesdays how about that uh tuesdays is fmc myself and sp3 talking typically basketball some reality television as well we are joined weekly by our pal share delaware talking reality television go check out her new youtube channel and to do that go to her twitter at share delaware and go support her her youtube channel over there so that's Tuesdays. Wednesdays is uh, every other week is Bread Club with Matt and Kieran. And, and Indeed with Mike and Righteous Reg. The Indies are dead, so I don't know if they are doing shows any further. I think last night was their last show with Indeed. So go go watch the final show of Indeed since the Indies are allegedly dead. Oh, that That's on Wednesdays. Thursdays we have a variety of things that could possibly air. Today is a past gaming stream that I did. Fridays is coexisting with Rob and Maggie. That is at 3 o'clock on Friday, talking about all the news in wrestling. Saturdays is newsworthy with myself and Joel Pearl talking about articles, news articles, not so much what you see on screen, but what people say in media interviews and things of that nature. That is Saturdays. And Sundays is Joel and Kate at 8 talking about everything in the world of wrestling that is saturday evening at 8 p.m eastern joel and i are working on stuff that might premiere next week i don't know i don't want to spoil anything i don't want to give it away until we got everything in line but we are working on something that we're, we're excited for and we hope people will will tune in and, and we'll have some fun we'll have some fun with we'll continue to 
bring more uh, creators to to Fight Flow Overbooked Spotlight, more people on on Fight Flow Overbooked and just in the the wrestling media space because you know this past week was extremely busy for a lot of us in in wrestling media with WrestleMania week. Not only WrestleMania week, which is very busy in and of itself, but then Monday it wasn't over because you had the the sale, uh, the sale and the merger. So. It was a busy time in the world of wrestling this past week. And a lot of uh, my colleagues and peers did a lot of excellent work. They just did a lot of work in general. Some of them not so excellent. Talking to you, Connor Casey and Alex McCarthy. Actually, Connor Casey punched Alex McCarthy. Alex McCarthy didn't do excellent work. Did a lot of work. It was just subpar. Um, Louis Dancor, subpar work. But a lot of my, my pals in, in wrestling media did a lot of work this past week and you know it's the busiest time of the year for us and now we're kind of want to come down from all of that but what i learned from this past week and what i continue to learn just in covering wrestling the way that i cover wrestling as a, as a news writer there's a lot of people out there that, that talk wrestling do interviews do podcasts do some type of content creation and we try our best to spotlight those people on this show but we only do one interview a week so i want to continue to give more shouts out to to those people and, and continue to, to have them on and speak with them and highlight those people so joel and i are working on something that will do that while continuing to hopefully push the conversation forward or just do wacky things just do stuff that pops ourselves so we'll, we'll talk about they sure do talk king of the north uh we'll talk about that more hopefully next week or in the coming weeks. So head over to Fightful Overbooked. Head over to Fightful.com. We got a bunch of articles up. We got a bunch of um, news up, I guess. Is that the, the right thing? No more Danielson headlines. Shout out to RJ City. Thanks for a lot of content this week for one interview. Uh, I, I milked that for all I could on that one. So head over to Fightful.com for a bunch of news and stuff. Sign up to Fightful Select. We had a big boost in subscribers this past week with all the news that was going on. Sean Ross Sapp. Let me get that. Let me get that raise, Sean Ross Sapp. Uh, 3 p.m. Eastern today, we have Day After Dynamite with Will Washington and a guest reviewing last night's Dynamite. We also have later on tonight the ROH post show slash impact post show with Kate and Righteous Reg reviewing ROH and then Joel and Cresta reviewing impact so youtube.com slash fightful right here you're on the channel right now it takes you you don't have to go anywhere just keep it locked right here all day subscribe to the channel leave a thumbs up on the video we appreciate every every everybody we appreciate all the support all the love thank you guys have a good afternoon evening weekend night we'll talk to you all next week bye everybody say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.